Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 6, Episode 16 of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer and home brewer from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, Chris? And, of course, what is in your glass? Uh, Denny, I'm uh, I'm having a great day. It's been a long hell of a day, but it was... Uh... <laughs> It it was a good day. Um, I'm I gotta say I'm mentally exhausted today, but I'm still here to uh, chat with chat about, and I can't talk either. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> drink, drink more beer; it helps. Maybe yeah, maybe that'll make it better. Um, I, it's been one of those days I haven't been able to speak correctly <laughs> either. So we shall see what uh, what happens. Uh, but other than that, like I said, I'm doing really good. And in my glass this evening, I'm actually drinking a beer from Southern Tier Ooh. up in uh, New York State. Their Nitro Hot Cocoa Imperial Milk Stout. Oh. Because it was cold here last night, so I want to make sure I'm keeping myself warm and keep yourself warm yeah, yeah. What, it got down to what 72 or so probably like, I, I had to wear a hoodie a hoodie, along a hoodie? With my you shorts a hoodie? this morning <laughs> i do yeah i had to wear a hoodie along with my shorts this morning uh to go to work and i had to wear it during the day it was great and then once i had to leave and come home and the sun went down it was it was a bit chilly okay did you have some sweatpants to put on too no, no? i'm still in shorts i'm i'm in shorts and a short sleeve shirt right now because i'm at home yeah I'm inside. You're inside, and where it's warm. Yeah, it's so. a it's a balmy 65 inside. Oh no, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. We keep it at what 72, 74, something like that. Okay. Yeah. So, so what about you? Uh, what's what's in your glass, and how are you doing this evening? Well, I am doing fantastic, and I have a great beer in my glass. A beer from Fremont Brewing. Talked about it before on the show. I think you and I both have talked about it. Uh, it's Dark Star Imperial oh, yeah. Oatmeal. Stout. And I, you know, I always talk about picking up six packs of different beers. Usually I have, you know, two varieties of beers I drink throughout the week. And uh, normally it's stuff that's lighter. So I do have a six pack of North Fork Lager from Payette that I, you know, I'll drink this week. And then I decided instead of picking up another light one, like a, I just, I felt like picking up this Dark Star. I saw a six pack of it sitting on the you know, on the shelf at the co-op. And I said, you know what? That Dark Star six-pack is just calling my name. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, as I told you earlier before we we started the record, uh, I've, uh, you know, bought a six-pack. And I think after this one, I only have two left. And it's only Monday. So I'm going through these pretty fast. <laughs> mm. uh, nothing like like drinking uh, 8% uh, Imperial, Imperial Stouts pretty pretty quickly. But it's uh, it's a great beer. And it's uh, helped me get, you know, in the mood for the show, for sure. And to help kind of wash away uh, our, our Monday woes from work and stuff. Now, mm-hmm. uh, I've been seeing a lot of stuff that you've been posting about trying to, you're trying to hire some people and you're, you're getting some, <laughs> you're getting stood up a lot by people not showing oh, up. Yeah. And then you posted something today about somebody filling in an application with inappropriate uh, you know, yeah, is, was that I, real? Uh, was that real? That was somebody, real. Somebody was really put real. in there, it's none of your damn business or whatever yeah. they said. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> just like what you alluded to, Denny, <laughs> uh, we, we booked, I don't know, probably 10 interviews, uh, to fill a position with, with our company. And it was, uh, I, I think I had 10 people booked, four of them showed up. Oh my gosh. And I was talking to, um, a couple of people and they said, yeah, I, I've seen people do that where they will apply and they'll just apply so they can continue collecting unemployment. Oh, so, okay. 
Um, so it's, uh, definitely, definitely something that was a bit frustrating. I, we're very fortunate that we did hire someone Okay. That, and she starts on Friday, which I know, uh, our, the rest of our staff is definitely looking to get her trained and up and running just to, uh, ease up on the, uh, workload for everybody. So, uh, we're excited to get her started, but yeah, the application I did receive today, you know, just like in most job applications or where people submit their <laughs> resume, it says, you know, uh, education said where she was from and what she did and, um, you know, what she went to school for. And, uh, it said work experience and it said, none of your damn business, you stalkers. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I almost, I, I, I don't even know what to say to that. So you, you, like, so you gave her a call and said, Hey, when can you show up? I did. I dialed right away. I said, I'm firing the girl we just hired. We're bringing you on. I don't even want to do the interview. Bring in your license and your social security card and let's get this thing started. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, yeah. I was, a, I was afraid that that was a real, uh, entry in there, but I was, I was hoping you were joking around, but, uh, yeah. Cause I, yeah, I wish. Yeah. Well now, Enjoy that beer. You might want to have a couple to kind of, again, wash away those woes. Beer is really good at helping you feel good after a, a well, rough day. I will give you fair warning. This nitro hot cocoa is a 10% beer. Um, there's about 25% of it left, and there was another beer that I had before we even got on tonight. So, okay. so that's why you're having trouble talking. No, I mean, like I said, <laughs> um, uh, it's been like this all day. Okay, okay. All right. Well, hey, let's get into the show. But before we do that, I always like to uh, tell people that are new listening to Tap to Craft podcast what we're all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist our listeners along in their craft beer journeys and adventures. And you're listening to episode 146 recording on Monday, February 24th, 2020. And in this episode, we have a, a very special episode where uh, I got the opportunity to interview with the uh, owners and brewers of Jim Danny Brewing in Pocatello. And so I'm really looking forward to sharing this fantastic uh, experience with all of our listeners. I think they have some a great story and some great uh, feedback and, you know, stuff about uh, starting up a brewery and, and the importance of things. And, uh, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing that with all of our listeners. So stay tuned for that during the Brew Buzz segment. And, of course, you can count on Chris and I having some great beer conversation along the way. And let's get that conversation started. Let's go ahead and untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to Untapped. Doesn't look like there's a lot of people drinking, Denny. Uh-oh. Because it goes from starting with the Gnarly Gnome, which was just over 24 hours ago. Uh, he was drinking a Wave Maker Bourbon Mash Lager by Fretboard Brewing Company. And he just wrote, I enjoyed this. Easy drinking and tasty, but I was hoping for a little more of everything. Rye, <laughs> corn, oak, just got a good lager instead. And he didn't write any or didn't give any ratings for that. Uh, so we will move on to the next check-in. Moving on to Mr. Tom Joseph is, looks like he's drinking around to a couple of different uh, I think he places just got and back beers. From, yeah, I think he just got back from a trip. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, so he had 
drinking my way through the Southwest. So he found one of these beers at a gas station. There you go. Um, he said he checked into the moon, drinking a moon juice by Santan Brewing Company. And he said, drinking my way through the Southwest, great gas station find that he gave <laughs> 3.75 caps to. Um, let's see, what else did he check into? Ooh, there's a five capper. And Tom is drinking a Transformation Hazy Double IPA by La Cumbre Brewing Company. And he writes, first five of the year. I just landed in Albuquerque oh. the same day this was released. Incredible. Juicy, hazy, so hazy. Getting more to take back home and gave that one five caps. So he's planning his trips accordingly yeah. around beer schedules. Good job, Tom. <laughs> Um, let's see. Johan Halberg is drinking a single hop Simcoe by Narper beer. No, Napar beer. Yep. That's what I'm going with. Napar beer. Uh, best one of the quartet of single hop beers from Napar beer. Dank, piney, citrusy, distinct bitterness. Uh, let's see. He had a couple more check-ins. This check-in I can't read, uh, because it is not in English. Uh -huh. Um, <laughs> and, uh, from Oscar. Uh, no. Oh. Drinking a fable, fable, chocolate and cocos. So I'm guessing chocolate and coconut. Um his uh his rating was four and a half caps. Uh and I believe in there it's somewhere it says balanced, uh fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for it. Yeah, it's fantastic, balanced. Um I'll have to throw that into Google Translate and see what is pops it, up. Is is a person from Brazil? No, Jan, Johan Halberg. Oh, oh, this is Halb. Oh, it's Johan. Oh, okay. So now, now I'm curious how Google Translate's going to work, because uh, I'd be really interested to see what all that says. Uh, let's see. Nope, breaking things. Anyway, we'll get to that in just a second. But we'll um, move on to Jeff Seiler. Is he's drinking a kitten biscuit? Ooh, <laughs> sounds sweet. <laughs> by Wilmington Brewing Company, and he writes, the label says, just because your cat had kittens in the oven, it don't make them biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> the beer is tropical, hoppy, and sweet, A+, 4.75 caps oh, wow. for that one. And I just Wait, like the name four, of it. Okay, 4.75. 4.75, okay. and... I've got that translation for you from Johan. Creamy, smooth, and nice. More chocolate than coconut equals good. Not too sweet, but has a balanced cocoa sharpness. Fantastic. Wow. Good. Thanks, Johan. Wow. You you definitely called a few of those words in there. That's pretty good. Well, I mean, if you, if you saw it, one of them is fantastic, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's spelled fantastic, but it's T-I-S-K-T -T at the end. Okay. And then it says fantastic, good, but it's spelled G-O-D. And then it, yeah, it just, it stood out and made sense to me okay. in my brain. So, so Swedish is not that difficult to read then? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it, it, I'm going to say yes. I, okay. I don't, okay. don't want to. <laughs> I, I expect next time you'll be fluent in it because now you've already, I mean, you obviously show you have a knack for language. Look, Google Translate makes things a lot easier. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that message that you and I got through the Tap to Craft Facebook page from somebody in, I believe, uh, Italy. Uh, I do remember that it was, we got it, and you, I, I remember you were taking care of it for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it came in in completely different language, yeah. um, and I plugged it into Google Translate, and I got to say, you know, about 80, 85% of the time, it's pretty spot on. Ah, excellent. 
So, so I use it when I need to. Uh, so yeah, Jeff Seiler with the kitten biscuit. He gave that a 4.75 caps and Mr. Chad Lamasa. Like I said, we always got to get one in for Chad. Um, he's drinking a black lager by Sly Fox, Sly, uh, oh, Sly Fox. Fox Brewing Company. And he just wrote dark roast coffee, 3.75 caps mm. for that beer. And Jeff Seiler, he's drinking all the animal beers. He's drinking a lemur party by Wilmington Brewing Company. And he writes, creamy, fruity, and so very tasty. If I ever go to a lemur party, this is the beer I would drink. <laughs> Jeff, I want to know when you go to a lemur party, because I'm coming with you, but I hear lemurs are assholes, so be oh, careful. Yeah, we don't want, yeah, be careful. Yeah. They'll drink all um, your beer. Yeah, good, good <laughs> stuff. Uh, 4.25 caps, and I need to refresh because mine is the last one on there. Holy cow, two people got in there. Tara Carlson. Oh, Tara. Yeah. Tara. Ooh, I like this beer. She's drinking a Nugget Nectar by Trogues Independent oh, yeah. Brewing. Yeah. And uh, what she writes, fantasy sweets on The Bachelor. I need a beer to get through it. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I didn't. Uh, I didn't realize that Tara was a Bachelor fan, huh? She, I I don't think she is. By the way, <laughs> she just wrote that. I'm I'm surprised you can quote get through it, Tara. So, uh, four caps on that beer, and last but not least, Craft Beer Joe is drinking a Bless This Mess Volume Two by Second Shift Brewing. Oh, and he gave that one four and a quarter caps and writes thick body that's nearly sticky and has a ton of peanut butter flavor and richness sweet and uh, yeah, apparently sweet and that's what everybody's drinking excellent that's some good stuff a good variety and pretty much all high marks too which is nice nice to see people are getting some good beers out there so what i want to know is johan how did we do with the translation because <laughs> i, I I'm curious to know. Yeah, yeah. I'm such a nerd for that stuff. So, it, you know, it's funny that I've also, when when untapped, sometimes untapped will have a translate button. I can hit it mm -hmm. and I'll see what it says. But sometimes it doesn't. Like, obviously, yours didn't have it this this round. But I'll copy it into Google Translate myself to read what it says. But if he's he's really good for the most part of posting most of his stuff in English. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But, but even if he doesn't, like when I... Uh, I'll go to Instagram and I'll look at his, uh, beer stuff and his, you know, the postings he does. And most of that is, is, is not translated, but, um, you know, I'll just see the picture. And if I see a picture I like, I'll just go ahead and like it because I think the picture is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Even though I have no idea. And then if it's, if it really piques my interest and I, I feel like going and copying and pasting it to translate, I'll do that also. But, uh, but no, I, I do like, uh, checking out what our, uh, overseas listeners are, are drinking and what they're brewing and and all their uh, cool photos and stuff. So, hey, don't keep posting it. We'll keep looking and keep liking. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we're learning new languages. Like yes, that. yes. And I I found out that Chris has a knack for sweet Swedish. Uh, what, what's the what's the language called for Sweden? Is Swedish. It, Swedish is it Swedish? Okay. I believe so. Yeah, I'm probably wrong, but that's okay. That's all right. All right. Well, uh, Chris, you didn't have any no events or anything, huh? Uh, just boring. Didn't. Okay. Well, no, just boring. I, I did have an event, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk about my latest visit to Jim Dandy Brewing over President's Day weekend. I just we decided to go visit my daughter Haley in Pocatello, Idaho, and while we're there, hey, I can't not I can't not go and visit Jim Dandy. See, I double negative there. 
Mm-hmm, that means mm-hmm. I can, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we had already arranged uh, to have an interview with the brewers on Monday morning on President's Day itself. Uh, but before that, we had to go drink and try all their new beers and and just go support them. So we did. And uh, I'll tell you what, it, there was a number. I think there was five beers that I hadn't had before. They were, they really had a nice uh, collection of stuff I hadn't had. And I'm going to talk quickly about. One, two, three, four. Oh, there's six beers I had. I'm going to talk about five of them. The five that I gave the highest ratings. Now, again, all my ratings are pretty high, uh, but these are the ones that were four and a half. They're, in fact, all these are four and a half cap ratings from Untapped. So those are these are really good. Uh, the first one, and I'll, I'll talk. This is the one I had during the interview. I didn't have it during the uh, uh, during the, the day before I was there, but it's Old Tom American Pale Wheat Ale. And I'll tell you what, this is a great, you know, a lot of breweries, they're not doing wheat ales. Uh, I mean, there used to be, back in the early days of craft beer, almost every craft brewery was doing a Hefeweizen or a wheat ale. Mm-hmm. And now there really aren't that many doing Hefeweizens or, or even wheat ales. And I, I really appreciated having this uh, very flavorful uh, and creamy wheat ale. Uh, that I really enjoyed. It was a, a very well done weed ale, so it's called Old Tom. Uh, so make sure if you can get out to Pocatello, go have that one right now. And then the other one was uh, one that my daughter really loved. She had a pint of this, and I, I had a half pint. I had a 10-ounce uh, pour of uh, the Jambler Raspberry Porter. And, uh, we, and, again, in the interview, you'll hear them kind of describe what they, you know, how they made this beer uh, using fresh raspberries. Uh, all they do is use all their fruit they use in their beers are completely fresh. They don't like extracts. In fact, in fact, I don't know if it was on the the recording or during some uh, extra time we were talking, but they had actually uh, brewed a, a pilot batch of a beer that they used extract in. And they didn't like the flavor profile mm-hmm. of it. They dumped the whole thing uh, because that's the way they are. They only want high quality stuff, and if they, they don't like it, it goes out. But this uh, Jambler Raspberry Porter is really well done. They also had an Ida Glow New England Pale Ale, uh, and and that, that was a tasty pale ale. Um, and then they had the Honeythorn California Common. And again, another lighter style, but uh, this wasn't a, a traditional California Common where you take uh, lager yeast and you, and you uh, ferment it at a higher temperature. This was actually ale yeast. That they use to, and they use a lower temperature to ferment it. And I think I like this method better actually than the traditional way because a lot of times the traditional California common will have kind of a, a harsh finish, a little bit higher bitterness to that finish. So it kind of takes away from that nice, smooth character that you have through it and gives you more of a, a rough finish. This one is smooth all the way through and really has some great uh, flavor in it. So those are just a, a hint of the of the beers that I enjoyed at, at Jim Dandy Brewing, and and all of those were four and a half rating. Uh, the the one, the other one I had that uh, I gave a four cap rating was the, their Imperial Stout, Russian Imperial Stout, that I gave a five cap rating when it was just itself. They went ahead and and put uh, a portion of it in a barrel and barrel aged it for uh, I don't think a year, so several months. I'm not sure how long. I can't remember. Um, it was a good beer. It wasn't a bad beer, but the problem is, is that I think it mellowed out the uh, what I enjoy in those Russian Imperial styles a little bit too much. Uh, it smoothed it out and took away some of that dark roast that I really enjoy in a in a good uh, 
a Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, so I gave it a four cap rating. So I lowered it a little bit, but it was still good. Nothing wrong with it. And four cap rating is still a good rating. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris. So how about you talk about some beers, some noteworthy beers that you had since our last recording? Okay. Yeah. And one I literally just finished as you were saying, hey, tell us about your new noteworthy beers. Uh, is going to be that uh, Southern Tier Nitro Hot Cocoa that I was just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gone now. And it's gone. Uh, okay. It is. Um, so that one, I was really surprised. I found this one at Fermented Reality Bottle Shop. Hi, Joel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and this one was along with a couple other beers that I bought um, when... One of my other new and noteworthy beers was at the bottle shop that I had to go and pick up. So I was curious about this one, wanted to see what it was, uh, the the hot cocoa. And it really does taste like hot chocolate with marshmallows in it. So it's really creamy because it's on nitro. And it does have cocoa powder in it and some, uh, I believe there's lactose in it as well. There's got to be. Um but it also has some roast at the end too. It's very light, but it's still that uh that roasty flavor that we we all do like in a stout. Oh good. That uh it wasn't too sweet, but it was really 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 easy to drink. So I was really happy about that. Um because I I've been kind of shying away from stuff like this lately, just kind of like that super sweet beer. Yeah. Just kind of over the top, adjunct filled. Yeah, super no, thick, no, no more angry chair, huh? You have been doing uh, chair. No, and you know what? <laughs> I probably uh, anything from angry chair is probably going to be like, uh, you know, their sours or they they okay. do make a pretty pretty damn good lager on Oktoberfest, so they they make good beers that taste like beer as well. Okay. Um, another one that I picked up while I was at the bottle shop was from Oscar Blues. Mm. Oh, and the uh, Southern Tier Nitro Hot Cocoa gave four caps, too. Okay. Um, and the Oscar Blues beer was Death by King Cake. Oh, I haven't had that one. Me either until a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this one, this one piqued my interest because I did remember seeing it through Instagram a few times uh, from Oscar Blues. And we're really big fans of New Orleans, Mardi Gras, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's funny because if you guys remember on the last show we were talking about how um megan has been wanting to make better food choices Mm -hmm. uh, and since it's starting to become the mardi gras season oh yeah uh, i cannot stop hearing about king cake so uh it just so happens that around this time a beer from oscar blues called death by king cake comes out and honestly it um it was it's supposed to have like cinnamon and um pecans and um i don't even remember what else was still in there but it was uh, honestly it tasted just like a plain cream ale with maybe cinnamon in it oh um which i didn't mind because <laughs> it was actually a really simple beer i was expecting a lot more out of it as far as flavor wise uh white port wow white porter White porter brewed with vanilla, cinnamon, nutmeg, cacao nibs, pecans, and orange peel. Hmm. I, I've me, never had a white porter. Uh, me either. <laughs> Until a couple days ago. Yeah. <laughs> that I, I did not know it was a porter either because on the front of the can it just says ale. Um, so uh, this was, to me, it just tasted like 
a cream ale. It was really simple. It had mm-hmm. a little bit of sweetness. Uh, it was much lighter, not very cloying or any just kind of over the top flavors. It was really easy to drink. I actually had this one with dinner tonight. Uh, so that was uh, a nice addition to uh, to my beer fridge. Mm. So uh, I would definitely recommend that one. Now, the overall rating that people have been giving it is uh, three and a half caps. It's not like I said, it's it's nothing like, oh, my gosh, I have to have more of this. Yeah, uh, this could be uh, an almost to me and almost an everyday drinker. OK, yeah. So it's, an, it's a lighter beer clocks in at about six and a half percent. So. Uh, I'd go check it out if you can get it. And then last but not least is going to be a local beer for us from the brew hub over in Lakeland, Florida is their Rome city IPA and Rome city has been around for a while and I'm pretty sure I've had it before, but I had it at dinner the other night and it is a GABF 2017 gold medal winning IPA. Okay. Uh, And it's packed with the juicy goodness of hops (laughs) Um, it is a, I'm, and I'm reading this from untapped, you know, I don't speak like this. I don't talk like that. It's an homage to their flagship brewery in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, the town most known for its 38 lakes. I did not know that Lakeland had 38 lakes. Uh, the Royal Swans and endless citrus groves was at its founding, almost named Rome city. No one really knows why, so here's a beer to celebrate what almost was for a reason no one knows. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I've had this one a couple of times. I think this was honestly the first time we ever checked it in, though. But um, real good, like I said, uh, juicy, um, citrusy IPA. uh, And I've had it. I had it with dinner the other night when we were out and about. And I was was one of those beers that was actually tasting better just because of the company, which I was with Megan for date night. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a good all-around beer. Uh, we were actually sitting at a restaurant listening to this lady next to us complain about how her steak wasn't the wasn't out of this world and she wasn't very <laughs> impressed with it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was entertaining to say the least. Uh, I felt kind of bad for the manager that came over and was like, Hey, you know, you know, we, we apologize if, uh, if it wasn't up to your standards, you know, let us help, let us make it better. And of course the lady, uh, was going, no, no, I, I don't want to be that person. But oh, yeah. I said, I said to Megan, she's, she's Being already that person. That person. Yeah, she's, yeah. uh, <laughs> when, when the, when the waiter or waitress came over and said, Hey guys, how is everything? Uh, how's everything look? And the lady goes, I'm not impressed. And I was like, <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> oh yeah. Like it's, it sounded like the way people said it. Like I, that sounds like something I would say and kind of joking around. And I heard that and I was like, Oh, that's funny. And, and it went downhill very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So, but yeah, uh, some really good beers. Um, you know, nothing over, over the top and crazy. Uh, but all four cap ratings for me, for my new and noteworthy. And uh, it sounds like you, Denny, have been doing a lot of catching up since uh, being kind of down and out from your rec- from your recovery. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. let's hear about some of your new and noteworthy beers. Okay. Well, I've probably drank 20, 25 beers since last time, <laughs> oh, but I'm only going to talk about four that uh, that really kind of stand out that I want to just kind of briefly mention uh, for our listeners to go out there and try uh, some of these styles. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is, again, I've mentioned many times that I'm a huge fan of Baltic Porter style beers. I love Baltic Porters. 
And I don't know if I love it so much be- because I just can't get them. And so when I get one, I just like really feel that, you know, the, the love for it. Or if it's truly one I love. I mean, I love dark beer, so I- I'm sure it's just one I'd-, I'd like even if I had it around all the time. I found a beer that was in at the local co-op in Boise uh, from a, a Polish a Polish brewery, and uh, I saw on the on their label that uh, this beer had won uh, I think uh, a bronze medal in the World Beer Cup uh, for Baltic Porter style. So I was like, you know what? If a if a beer can win in the World Beer Cup for the style, it's got to be a decent you know representation of that style. And this is from. Uh, Brewer Fortuna Combs, and it's called Porter Baltiki. It's a Baltic Porter from Poland, and I'll tell you what it it did not it did not just I mean it satisfied everything I needed in a Baltic Porter. It was very tasty, has some great flavor. Uh, I ended up giving it a four and a half cap rating. Uh, so it was yeah, it's it's worth trying. So if you can find this one, it should be. I, I'm guessing it's a. It's one that might be distributed out around uh, different areas. So if you can find it, you want to try a good Baltic Porter. Uh, this is one to try. I'll put I'll put the name in the show notes so you can actually find it. I'm not very good at pronouncing these these names, but uh, but yeah, go ahead. That uh, another beer that I had that I've had in the past, but I haven't had it for a while. Um, it was a gift on Valentine's Day from my lovely wife. It was from Fremont Brewing, the same brewery I'm drinking from right now, and. It's uh, it's the Fremont Coffee Cinnamon Bee Bomb 2018 bottle, and Chris, did you ever get these uh, these beers? I know you were thinking about. I can't. I have a bad memory. Did you ever get the um, Bee Bomb uh, special I, ones? I got the Bee Bomb, but it was just the regular one. It wasn't the coffee wasn't, cinnamon one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, I've had these in the past, and I thought, yeah, they're okay, but not worth the the extra money. Uh, but for a gift, I wasn't gonna, you know, look at horse in the mouth or whatever that saying is i was gonna <laughs> enjoy it uh i drank it on valentine or yeah, i think i drank it on valentine's day actually and i really enjoyed it Th- this that that i don't know if it's because it was aged a year longer than normal and it may but i, I was afraid that it w- would have been uh, a little bit cellar too long and it might have dropped out some of that cinnamon character and some of that chocolate mm-hmm. uh but it didn't uh this and the or the coffee, uh, mm-hmm. this beer was actually very, like well balanced in the flavors. It didn't have too much of anything. It wasn't too hot with the cinnamon. Sometimes cinnamon can give you that extra heat, you know, like a burning heat uh, that can be too much. And sometimes the coffee can be a little bit too much that uh, it causes extra bitterness or or just overtakes the beer. Everything was very well balanced. Even the barrel aging was done very well, so it wasn't over. Everything was well balanced. And I really enjoyed this beer and gave this one also a four and a half cap rating. So if these are still available in your area and you haven't had one before, I, I can recommend the the cinnamon, the coffee cinnamon bee bomb 2018. And the next beer is uh, a beer from Oregon, from Sun River Brewing, and it's called the Emotional Support Peacock, <laughs> uh, which I, I saw the name and I had to I had to get it. Uh, and it, it, you know I, I think you guys probably. There was something going around last year about like emotional uh, support peacock trying to get on a plane or something like that. I think it was a maybe just a meme. I don't think it was real, but I remember seeing something last year and that kind of you know made me chuckle. So I grabbed it. Well, hey, I grabbed it and it's a it's a New England hazy IPA or a hazy IPA. I don't know if it's New England or not, but man, this beer was fantastic. Really good. Had some great flavor. Yeah, 
I really enjoyed it. I gave it a four cap rating. And the last one I'm going to talk about is a beer that we mentioned during our Belgian Wit episode. And it's one of the ones I thought I had had, but I didn't hadn't checked it in. So I, I found it at the co-op along with the um, with that uh, Baltic Porter in the uh, import section. And it's from, uh, it's the St. Bernard's Wit from the brewery St. Bernard's. And man, this wit is really good. Uh, and what I, what I think I really liked about it is that it was really mellow. It had all the characteristics of a good Belgian wit that we talked about on that episode about the description. But it was like, it, I, I would say this would be a perfect gateway wit beer for anyone that wanted to dive in to Belgian L's. But doesn't, don't want to get like super shocked in the flavors that come out because it has the flavors in there, but everything is like really subdued and easy to drink and was very, uh, very tasty. I really enjoyed it a lot. I gave this one a four cap rating also on Untapped. So, uh, yeah, St. Bernard, and it comes in cans now, which is even oh, better. better. Yeah. I mean, a, 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 just under 12 ounce cans, like a, I think it was like an 11 ounce can. Why it's different, I don't know. It's got to be something maybe with the uh, the conversion to metric system or something. I didn't look at to see what the milliliters were, but it was yeah, 11 like an 11 ounce can or something like that. But but yeah, go grab that. Uh, very good, very good. All right, Chris, uh, we got a couple of voicemails. You ready to listen to some voicemails? Love voicemails. All right, well let's get this voicemail show rolling. Hey, Danny and Chris, it's Chad. Um, don't really have anything to say, but. I do want one of those stickers, so I figured I'd call in, and because you said we had to leave a message to get one. So there you are. <laughs> Take care. Bye. All right. Well, you're right, Chad. If you want a sticker, just leave us a voicemail. Chad, you got a sticker coming your way. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, prepare some of these uh, to mail out this week. Uh, I'll throw in some business cards, too, so you can pass it out to all your friends over there in Maryland and, uh, get, and get us uh, in more ears. So thank you for your voicemail, Chad. Uh, plus, you know what? You deserve a, you deserve a sticker anyway because you've left lots of voicemails that were a lot more meatier than this one. So hmm. we'll we'll take it. All right, we had another voicemail from our good friend Tara Carlson. So let's hear what Tara has to say. Hi, this is Tara Carlson calling so I can get my sticker. <laughs> you know. I to let you know how mainstream craft beer is getting. I could have gotten an IPA on draft at Ralph's Diner in Worcester, Massachusetts. Unheard of before this. <laughs> That's it. Thanks. Bye. All right. Well, thank you, Tara, for sending us in that voicemail and mentioning that how a dive bar uh, music venue like uh, Ralph's Rock Diner, which is known as the historical live music venue bar and diner in the beautiful, how do you say it, Chris? Worcester? Worcester? Worcester. Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester, Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, You know what? I Honestly, I'll be honest with you. Um, you And also, Tara sent us an email with some photos. I sent those to you, Chris, so you could see them too. And uh, and and told us that, uh, that, yeah, those uh, IPA... You can get that IPA in this dive bar for six bucks, or you can get the Narragansett Lager for three fifty. Um, so she opted to go with the cheaper, you know, option. <laughs> this was okay, but um, I hadn't heard of this diner before. I guess because I'm not from the East Coast, so I had to go to the website and look it up. I want to find out what this thing is all about. So uh, I'll just go ahead and read for all of our listeners out there that aren't familiar with Ralph's Rock Diner. 
Uh, the diner was built 1930 by the, how do you say it? Worcester? Worcester? Worcester. Worcester. I'm not very good at this at all. So here, I'm going to, I'm going to type this in here for you. So it's the almost Worcester. like this. The Worcester. Worcester. Okay. The yeah. Worcester Lunch Car Company, which is the first to manufacture diners operating from 1906 to 1957, is listed as the National Register of Historic Places. It was moved to its current location and connected to a 19th century two-story brick building that was originally a fire station, and so was born Ralph's. The atmosphere is best described as eclectic. Ec eclectic. <laughs> <laughs> Antiques and neon at adorn the walls and ceilings, and hand-painted murals are everywhere, a sort of curated carnival of curiosities. The diverse and live entertainment is drawn from local, national, and international artists, and has featured many famous performers. Bi-monthly metal Thursdays have been a staple since 2006, while the dirty Garand poetry show has been going strong every Monday since 2009. Rouse also projects movies and video games on the outside patio, hosts vintage auto and motorcycle shows, as well as private parties. If you're hungry, the famous Rouse Burger could be the best you'll ever have. Eat it, Rouse. Live forever. So you know what, Chris? Man, this has piqued my interest. As now, when I go to Massachusetts, I need to visit this this uh, this bar. Have you been there? No. Okay. I don't actually. I've only driven through Massachusetts. I don't think I've ever really stopped there. <laughs> you never stopped. You you just drive through. So you got nothing worth seeing here. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I gave you something worth seeing. Now, now you got to stop. Yeah. Well, now, now, eat at Ralph's makes a lot more uh, eat at makes Ralph's. a lot more sense to me too. There you go. There yeah. we go. See, hey, we're educational. We're learning stuff. We're teaching stuff. Uh, thank you, Tara. Uh, you know, for the the voicemail and uh, for you know letting letting me learn a little bit more about uh, Ralph's Diner. Mm -hmm. All right, we had some other feedback uh, from since last show. So, um, Chris, uh, I've, uh, I've been chatting a little bit. You want to go ahead and read a couple of these? Sure, I'll get these. Uh, so we had one from Bill Worley at Vlad's Hammer on Twent. On tw <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Vlad's Hammer on Twitter. And he said, tapping the new local brewery, Liquid Noise Brew, hashtag Pulpamania. Uh, and he included some photos of the brewery and a super hazy IPA. Yeah. Yeah, so it looked, it looked good. Did you see, did you see it, Chris? I, I on Twitter. Much. I did not. I don't ever get on Twitter anymore. And it's funny because I I get notifications for our business, mm -hmm. and it's like, hey, check out the twelve notifications that you've gotten. <laughs> and I'm like, oh wow, somebody's actually interacting with us on Twitter. I better go check that out. And it's like, hey, at whatever has posted a notification. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's stupid. All right. Uh, so, Brad Fatler at PK the Buckeye, he posted a photo of a pint of Pliny the Younger. Uh, jealous. Yeah. Definitely jealous. He was uh, having at Russian River Tap Room in Santa Rosa, California. I'm going to have to find the nearest location of our company there. <laughs> yeah, you do. And, then, might have and, and when you do that, I'll have to meet you there because I would love to go back to Russian River. Yeah, because I do believe I was actually just on the phone with uh, one of the locations in Northern California a couple days ago. So I might have to go out and see them. Okay. And then uh, Jay Collins at JK Collins 84. He posted on Twitter a West Coast IPA from Divine Barrel Brewing in my B cups from Fermented Reality. There you go. Yeah. 
I'm yeah. glad to see everybody's still using those. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he, yeah, but, but, uh, Jay, wait, did Jay win them from us or did he buy them? He, I don't know. Well, I know that, uh, Jeff Seiler, he, he got some B cups for Valentine's Day. Mm hmm. So oh, did he? Yeah. So he's got some now. Oh, that's, but now that's I, like, I don't can't remember. I don't, I don't think Jay won them from us. So he must have bought them too. Well, either so, way. He's yeah. still drinking out of B cups. And the last but not least, Mr. Robert Milanez at Chew Your Beer. He's he's on, mentioning us on Twitter in the top 30 craft beer podcast you must follow in 2020. Congratulations to at Perfect Poor Pod, at Tap the Craft, at Hopped LA, at Four Brewers Show, at Unfiltered Gents for making the list. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. so this, uh, let me get, give you background on this. Uh, so this is a, a list that uh, we were included on from a third-party site, uh, and it's actually from feedspot.com. And um, I think it's, I mean, hey, I'm honored to be on any list. I, and number six on that list is pretty good. So I feel mm -hmm. six out of 30, hey, we're, we're looking good. But I don't know how much credit this thing really holds because they didn't even get the right logo they think we're in Houston, Texas. They oh. think that I'm not that I, that the host and the owner of this podcast is someone else besides me. Uh, so I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't really do their research. It's almost like they just went ahead and you know spidered off the internet and pulled stuff out and didn't really do you know it's not it's not really real. But you know what? Hey, I'll take number six out of thirty uh, because I like to think that we are number six out of thirty. Oh, and yeah, it says we have episodes once a week, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, well. Yeah, That's all right. We're on the list. We're on the up list. There, we're up there with four <laughs> brewers. and we're ab Yeah, we're above four brewers, which I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah. You know what? We'll take it. <laughs> Thank you guys at blog.feedspot.com uh, for putting us on your top 30 list of craft beer podcasts you must follow in 2020. Yeah, and, and if you listen to this, write me another email with my real name so that I can uh, correspond back with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We had a listener question too, Chris. Why don't you go ahead and finish this off? Uh, so we had a listener question from Will Dodsworth, and he wrote to us on Facebook, and he said, Hey, I'm listening from Nova Scotia, Canada. And, Will, I got to tell you, I, uh, I do listen to a radio show here in Florida that for all their Canadian listeners, they always uh, comment, Hey, how, how's she going, eh? <laughs> Um, so uh, I'll tell you, I almost said that to you when we were chatting on Facebook the other day, but, uh, he was writing in from Nova Scotia. He said, love the show. And he mentioned that he and his wife were headed to Portland, Oregon for the beer festival. Mm. So he was looking for some must see brewery recommendations when they were in town. So I mentioned to him, Hey, uh, Denny used to live in Oregon, so he would probably be the <laughs> best best source of information. And uh, Denny, you made a handful of recommendations for him um, from Breakside, Level, Ex Novo, Ecliptic, Great Notions, Berlick, Gigantic. And I also told him that I could personally speak for Ex Novo and Gigantic. And uh, thank you again, Will. I hope you two both have a fantastic time at the beer festival yeah yeah thank you will i hey we love feedback i'm glad you enjoy the show and if you if you decide to to make your way through the boise area while you're over in this side of the states stop by i'll have a beer i'll buy you a beer 
It's a good beer in, in Boise too. <laughs> yeah, right here. One day I'll make it there. One day you will. One day. All right. Well, thank you all of our listeners for their feedback and questions. We really appreciate it. If you would like to contact the show like our, like the people that just did, uh, you can do that very easily with your comments and questions. You can reach us through email. Just uh, write it to tapthecraft at gmail.com or on Twitter. Just uh, you know, send that post to at tapthecraft. And, of course, feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. We would love to interact with you on our Facebook page. And don't forget, we do have a voicemail number. You can call us at 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY, if that's easy to remember. And uh, you leave your feedback and questions uh, on the voicemail. And guess what? If you do that, you will also get a sticker. And so, uh, yeah, so I think I have uh, Tara, Tara's uh, address and Chad's address already so i can send those off but if you do leave a voicemail then go ahead and send us a you know go ahead and send us a email with your address where i can mail that sticker off to and we want to thank open forum radio network for supporting the show and providing a host, hosting space at openforumradio.com now it's time for the brew buzz segment and the brew buzz is devoted to discussing various beer related topics and this week we're going to talk about my visit to jim dandy brewing in pocatello idaho I went there to interview the owners and brewers to find out about their craft beer journeys and also some background on starting up this fantastic brewery in a small town in southeastern Idaho. So let's get right into the interview. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves and let let us know uh, a little bit about yourselves. Yeah, my name is Davis Gove. Um, I'm one half of Jim Dandy. (laughs) And I'm Haley Gove. And... I'm the other half. Okay, and what's your what's your roles in the brewery? Um, so we both do um, all of the brewing. Um, I spend a little bit more time on the cellaring side, and uh, but every brew day we're both there brewing the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of tap room uh, management and flow, and making sure that everything in the tap room's running the way it needs to be run and. Yeah, other than that, I do a lot of the microbiological side of the of the brewing and... The QC um, side, QC. yeah. QC, mm-hmm. that's more my, my part. Okay. I'm not a heavy lifter as much. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be, but Especially definitely now. not right now. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what we do. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, before I get started, I just want to say uh, thank you for this beer. Yes. Uh, I'll be drinking yes. the, what is the Old Tom American Weed Ale. Yes. And... Uh, David, why don't you tell me about this beer? Yeah, so um, we've done a few different wheat ales. Um, we've tried tried to kind of perfect this style. It's one of my favorite styles. Um, and this one, I've, I think, is my favorite iteration so mm-hmm. far. Um, it's just like a nice standard American wheat. Uh, it's 6.3% ABV, so um, it still packs a, a yeah. good bit of, uh, of punch there. But the, the flavor is really nice. Um, we went with a, a really light... Uh, um, malted wheat base um, and then we had a little bit of rye in there as well okay um, so there's a little bit of touch of spice from the rye which um, I really like and then um, just the the tiniest little bit of uh, melanoidin character as well which uh, kind of gives it a little bit of that um, honey um, flavor to it which is really nice um, I think it's delicious 
came out really well, and I, I'm drinking a lot <laughs> of it. it. It's it one of my favorite beers really we have good. on tap right now. No, it is very good, and I uh, th- I was here yesterday. I drank everything except for this one, so that's why I, I oh, asked yeah? to uh, to have a sample of this, and it is very good. I'm a I enjoy a good wheat ale. It's something yeah. that a lot of breweries these days they don't. They don't, you know, do a lot of weed ales. Yeah, and I um, like that. I like that character. When I was getting into craft beer, I was really big on drinking Hefeweizens back in the mm-hmm. day, and when that was the popular style. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I I like to make weed weed ales, and uh, it's really I don't know. It's just a nice style. Kind of mm-hmm. brings me back to the good old American days. American wheat is nice too because you can really highlight. You can have like a nice hop character yeah. in there. Yeah. Without bitterness, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think sure. that's the key. Is is that it's not a German wheat because you yeah. don't have that uh, banana, Clove. clovey character in there, which I also appreciate those, yeah. too. But For I do sure. like an Amer- good old American wheat, and yeah. I do kind of taste maybe that little bit of honeyness in there. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I need to focus a little bit more to see pull out the rye that you mentioned. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of rye. Yeah, so beer. we I didn't love, go too crazy on the rye. We just kind of kept just it. Just a hint, I think. Yeah, we used about a bag of rye. Yeah, okay. I was going to so. say, like, total five. Yeah, five around percent. there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, just just a hint. And and my daughter Haley, what are you drinking? I am drinking the Jambler, which is a raspberry chocolate porter. So, do you want to go ahead and talk about your process with this one? <laughs> this is one of my favorites. Uh, so, with this beer, uh, we used an American porter base, so not too roasty, but has like a little bit of roastiness um, and chocolate malt, um, mm-hmm. lots of chocolate malt. Um, and then we brewed it with. Uh, fermented out uh, raspberries, like 150 pounds. Wow. So it has a bit of tartness from the red raspberries because red raspberries mm-hmm. are that perfect sweet tart mm-hmm. mixture, um, which contributed to a higher ABV, which is nice um, for people that like a little higher ABV. Yeah. A little higher than a normal porter, but it's good. But it's not yeah. overwhelming either. It's not overwhelming, yeah. yeah. It's really smooth too. It's not overly tart. It's not overly sweet. It's not. It's kind of balanced to the point where I agree. That's yeah. what I noticed yesterday when I had it. Is that the tartness comes up front mm-hmm. when you first have it. And it's nice, but it doesn't like punch in the face. Yeah. But then it gives off to that chocolate. You know, a little bit of uh, toastiness in the in the finish, and it's it's well balanced. I agree. Uh, I did enjoy that one myself. Oh yeah. Yeah. It tastes like. Um, Almost like one of those chocolate raspberries. Yes. yes. Yeah. You know, you get that like perfect raspberry. And it tastes like jam. That's why we called it the jambler because we're like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it yeah, has this jammy flavor that we really like. It was very really jammy like. when, we first, when yeah. it first came out. We were, I don't know, we really liked it. Yeah. It's super tasty. Um, it's definitely a unique beer. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to toe the line with, with adding tart mm-hmm. um, to a... Dark, dark, dark beer, beer, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah, the we roasted character on one, yeah. with a little bit of tartness <laughs> like, in there can it can it's really uh, hard to get that that perfect balance. But yep. um, I think it came out really well. So yeah, excited for it. Yeah, oh, we were we were we were happy with it for sure. We were when we were making it, we were like, well, we'll see how this turns <laughs> out. You know, this could be a very this could be really beer. good, or and it and it turned out really good. So and this is was this a this is the first time at Jim Dana you put. That, that much fruit into a, a dark beer? I know you oh, put yes. a lot of fruit into your IPAs and stuff, but as far as a dark beer, it's the first time. That's yes. the first time. Yep. And which I love fruited dark beers if they're done properly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it just, we were I, we were a little 
hesitant. We're like, let's mm-hmm. do just our base, you know, light light beers with some yeah. nice fruited yeah. Yeah. things. But it wasn't the easiest fruit for us to have chosen for the first <laughs> dark beer. Yeah. Um, we do that often. Though. Yeah, <laughs> we can have big uh, bold ideas, and <laughs> Which luckily I think they turn out separates well you the from a lot yeah. of the other. Yeah, yeah, it's good to yeah. No, it's good to step out on a on a limb. Yeah. Especially when it works. Yes. Yeah. I mean if it if it bombs, that might be a problem if you gotta dump a whole batch of beer totally. and that's not yeah. good. Especially exactly. you spent a lot of money on raspberries. Yes. Because oh. yes. I'm sure that, that wasn't cheap to add. That Definitely not cheap, but well worth it once mm-hmm. you you know, the ingredients are so important. Yeah. You know, just making sure that you're buying top quality, yeah. not like not uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Skipping on that yeah. part of it, but um, yeah, no, I loved it. I love it too. I can't drink any of it. I do smell it. Uh, I pull the taps through a lot, and I'll just smell them because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, oh, that smells uh, good. Yeah. So my wife Sarah, she's not able to to drink um, gluten. Well, she's trying to reduce her gluten. Oh yeah. And so her doctor said, you definitely can't drink beer for a while. So she just sits there and takes nose hits. Yep. Yeah. And, yep. Um, and she's just like, let me just smell. She just kept pulling the beer over and she's like, oh, it's so good. And, <laughs> and I just like, feel so bad because for so many years, she was my beer drinking partner. Right? Yeah. We bounce from brewery to brewery and go do all the, you know. You'll and have to go to some gluten-free or so, gluten-reduced breweries. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. well, I mean, she does love ghost fish he- or ghost fish brewing in uh, Seattle. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we can get that in Boise. So we do oh, buy some good. of that, um, and we visited that brewery a few times in our oh, trips nice. to Seattle. So there are some that that she yeah that she can have, but yeah. it's still she, you know, hopefully with soon she'll be able to get back to drinking beer. For now, you'll just have to settle with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. He's like, I, I still drink beer. I do. I love it. I love trying new beers. Yes. Especially your IPAs. I've always been super hesitant of IPAs. Yeah. But I have yours, and I'm like, oh, I can do this. Like, it's not overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. Some of, some of the, yeah, the hazy ones, for sure, that aren't too strong in the bitterness, and, yes. and even strong in the, like yesterday, she what was, even the Ida... Glow, glow, yeah. was a little too much uh, for her. A hoppiness. Uh, a hoppiness. Yeah. Yeah. It was double dry yeah. hop. Double and dry she just hop. said, that's a little too much. But I still yeah. enjoyed the taste of it. Like, just totally. a little bit. Yeah. Not a whole glass. Yeah, that one's definitely a very uh, heavily dry hopped mm-hmm. pale ale. Yeah, yeah um, and that, the Ida Glow is, as well as uh, one of the, the new um, double IPAs that we have in the tank, you can have a taste of it off the tank. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're going to release that oh, one nice. tomorrow. Oh, good. Thank you. I finally didn't just miss out on a beer. <laughs> yes. um, yep. But it's in the tank and it's carbonated. So both of those, we're kind of trying to explore the line between um, a hazy New England style IPA mm-hmm. and um, a more um, authentic, bitter West Coast yeah. style IPA. It has so more bitterness than the normal We're definitely, one, I mean, like people get... Try. People can get a little bit pigeonholed into these different categories mm-hmm. sometimes, and um, and I think it's good to try to find you know um, a good mesh between the two of them. Yeah. Because I know I grew up drinking the you know bit more bitter West Coast style IPAs, mm-hmm. and um, but I really love hazy New England style IPAs, yeah. and I love the mouthfeel and everything oh, yeah. that comes with those. Um, so if you can kind of make a mixture between the two, I think it usually turns out really yeah. great. You know? Yeah. No, and I, and I like that attitude, right? So we, like you said, get pigeonholed into styles, and I like that we can now cross the lines and, mm-hmm. and interact. You don't have to have a hazy New England IPA that's always like all these big, yeah. you know, soft 
uh, tropical fruit with no bitterness. Yeah. yeah. You can add a little bit of bitterness just to tell you, hey, this is this thing is yeah. from the West Coast. Yeah. For sure. And I think it makes um, a little bit more enjoyable drinking process. Uh, sometimes when you're just, when you have a taster mm-hmm. of a really thick New England style IPA, it tastes amazing compared to a West Coast style IPA. But once you get a couple beers in, yeah. it's really hard to keep yeah. that up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I drinkability think the really is really exactly. Yeah. Really increases the drinkability. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I always like a big. You know, I've been drinking beer for a long time. Uh, I started uh, in the '90s, early '90s. I, I first started drinking craft beer, and I've had quite a craft beer journey over my life. And I always like to find out about other people's craft beer journeys. So I'd love to ask you a few questions about how you guys got started in drinking craft beer. How you first. Uh, discovered craft beer. I mean, I understand it, it probably was uh, maybe after college or, <laughs> uh, or or maybe it was even before college, maybe you were raised, but let, yeah. me, let me hear about your yeah. craft beer journeys. Yeah, so um, my dad, ever since I can remember, um, would uh, homebrew beer. Mm-hmm. So um, he was always a homebrewer. He always had uh, he always had Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, in the, which everybody says on every podcast mm-hmm. I ever listen to. But. <laughs> Um, everybody's all about the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale back in the day. It was, it's an amazing beer. Mm-hmm. Um, he either had that or Boston Lager in there. So mm-hmm. um, I've kind of been around the craft beer scene for a long time, at least knowing that it was it was out there. Um, but as far as getting into it ourselves, um, that probably started when we moved out to Hood River. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. And started work at everybody's. Yeah, I mean, I, you know. Uh, in college, I would go out to, like, Hooligans or wherever, <laughs> Mug Night, yep. and you'd get the craft beers that they have, but I, I mean, I would, I wasn't a huge um, West Coast bitter IPA, like, I tried so hard to enjoy them. I would love, like, three or four sips, mm-hmm. but it would just totally wreck my palate, yeah. so that's why, like, we have focused a lot on, like, not too intensive yeah. Bitterness on our IPAs. Um, but I did, after a while, like Ranger, after um, tasting enough IPAs and getting my palate to where it needs needed to be um, for liking IPAs, Ranger became one of my favorite IPAs, which is like not the Voodoo Ranger that was out, but yeah, the, 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 the original Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and, I have a plaque on my uh, wall at home. Yeah, yeah. and I <laughs> love that beer, and it's funny now because that beer is like outrageously bitter mm-hmm, from, mm-hmm. you know, my perspective, and um, that's kind of like where I started, was trying to, to taste all the different styles of newer um, American styles craft beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like like Davis said when we went out to Hood River is really when we working for a brewery um, yeah. and being around all the big breweries yeah. and even small breweries that they have in uh, Washington uh, going and, to festivals and yeah for sure and, see, and, and working for a brewery that I in my mind was a little bit more ahead of the curve as far as making more modern styles of IPA mm-hmm. they weren't mm-hmm. kicking out crazy New England style. IPAs at the time because those weren't really anywhere but New England when we first moved up there. Yeah. Um, but making really great hop forward, dry hopped, mm-hmm. focusing on the cold side and uh, ways to get as much aroma out of those hops without necessarily just focusing on, you know, 
bitter bomb. Bitter yeah. bomb. Yeah. Pine, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was a pretty transformational in, in how we could we perceived beer and craft beer. Yeah. Um, it kind of gave us the inspiration. To, yeah. That's kind of how we got it. Yeah. Okay. So do you guys have a favorite style of beer that you like or do you, if you have like a lot of beer do you have a style you don't really care for if that's easier to answer I'm, I'm, I'm okay with either one I know, yes. I know Haley's got a style of beer that she definitely does not like oh okay oh let's see let's see <laughs> she she has refused to let me ever brew a brown which what I can't yeah. browns are oh my, my favorite those are our favorites <laughs> in reality it's probably my least favorite style really? of beer but I've been they've been starting to grow on me yeah, I've been, I always been try to drink a brown when I yeah. if there's a style of beer that I don't like, I'll go out and, and order that beer yeah. every time I see one, and I've recently started to find some browns that I like that he likes, which yes. is kind of cool because it's one of those styles that it's really hard to do right in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you don't want to be too too much on the. It's just the, such yeah. an inter- or, intermediate or style yeah. um, that I would rather have. A porter or a stout, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then I I don't know. It's just like that that middle style, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I can't do it. Like I try, I've tried for a long time to be like, oh, I, I'll try this brown, and then I'm just like, and just I don't know. It's wow. weird, but that's the only style that I'm you like. You surprised me. I was shocked. I and we'll too. probably brew we'll one. Do one someday. I'm just a, no, no, Davis is—he's doing his homework so he can <laughs> brew the perfect one. Just and I, I to tell you the truth, I am. I look. I always, every time I have a a, a brown, I try to dissect it mm-hmm. and figure out how because I've never brewed one. Yeah. And and it really, well, we I did. think we both. We came to that conclusion before we opened the brewery. We that was our least favorite style. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, actually, that's the funny thing. Very first style. That was of beer the first that style of beer. Yeah, was that a, we ever brewed. So is that is that the reason why that you don't was like an it? extract <laughs> kit? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It actually was really it was good. good. Yeah. Because it was like maybe um, not fully attenuated, so it had a little oh, bit so more. more sweetness to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was a lot long time ago, um, but for my my memory that's kind of what i remember yeah we actually um, brewed it um it was so when we were working at everybody's um Haley was working there before i was and i bought her for was it your birthday or christmas my birthday her birthday i bought her a, a homebrew kit it was an extract kit so we brewed this extract brown ale the caribou slobber i think is what it was oh yeah which, yeah, from, yeah. yeah i've had um, it before yeah, yeah totally so oh, we brew man. this uh extract brown kit and give we, it to all of our friends yeah give it to all our friends drink most of it <laughs> you're like this is great you're like then it's then we, just free yeah that's why you love it then we, then we move out of the the apartment that we were in um and one of our other friends moves in and then about three years later we run into that friend again and he said oh i finally opened that beer that you guys left in the fridge i drank it last Last week and it was really so good. So good, and we're like, <laughs> oh well, you're still alive, yeah. so you're, uh, you're fine, but you are wacky. Yeah. <laughs> Drink that. It was pretty hilarious. Though. Yeah. Uh, that, so, so that's a great story. Yeah. Because um, my next question was going to be on how did you get into brewing? So yeah. you actually started working for a brewery before you even started brewing right most people yeah. homebrew and then they work for a brewery yep. you did the opposite so explain pretty much yeah uh so well okay so i went to school um idaho state for microbiology and chemistry and at 
at ISU, uh, Pete Sheridan, he taught a uh, fermentation course for graduate students. I wasn't a graduate student, so I didn't get to take it, but um, I got to go and taste all oh. of, because he had them homebrew, um, and I got to taste all of the beer um, that they homebrewed. And so that was kind of my first, like, oh, this could be a job that I could do, and I love beer, yeah. and this is pretty awesome. This is like, you know, cooking. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, <laughs> I'm also like, I love cooking. It's like one of my favorite things to do, like hobbies to do. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is awesome. This is like for a microbiologist, you can get all of these really awesome jobs, and brewing is probably the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then um, Davis and I, once we moved up there, like, oh, working for this brewery. Um, I was, like, more of front of house at that point. Um, management, I did some of that, which I learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, especially for this, mm-hmm. right? Um, this adventure. But, uh, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Pregnancy brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what, was, what was the we question? Were, uh, so about you started working for oh, a brewery before you started before, actually home yeah. brewing. And, and so, and then saw. when we... Would watch, we they would let us go watch whenever we wanted to, and Which I think you were the only server that actually did. <laughs> yeah. That was they're like, oh yeah, and you can do this thing. You can, you come, can come down and watch because they grew it like five all the servers. Oh okay, and no nobody ever showed yeah. up except yeah. for Haley. <laughs> yeah, and so I just I don't know. I just thought it was way cool, and it started out with extract, and extract's great if you just want um, to have fun. But it's also, like, outrageously stressful because you probably don't have, like, all of the equipment that you need, <laughs> like chillers and all yeah. of the things. And so once we got into our whole grain setup, that was way better. Yes. Like, you actually were enjoy- – I enjoyed whole mm-hmm. grain a lot more because you actually had – Yeah, it's a little – there's a little bit more thought that goes into yeah. it, you know. You're more of – of like a chef yeah you know? yeah you gotta get and the temperature just right yeah, to extract exactly. that yeah. um and there's just so much that goes into it as far as um you can go so deep mm-hmm. into it that yeah. once once you at least once we did once we broke into brewing all grain that was when all of a sudden you start learning about oh well, i can go down all these rabbit holes mm-hmm. yeah. and just totally geek out on this stuff and we started that in bozeman um, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So we moved to Bozeman after the first time of living in white salmon. <laughs> um, and I worked as a microbiologist at Mesa Labs, which I just, uh, I grew like bacterial spores um, for um, pharmaceutical companies. Like they do um, resistance testing on them and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so then we moved to uh, all grain then. Yeah. And it was then a lot better. Then we moved back to white salmon to work at everybody's again um and that's when the brewing yep and then from there we we spent about a year ish a little under Mm -hmm. a year there um and then with the plan in mind to to open this place yep um and kind of pick their brains as much as we could Mm -hmm. yep we called them and said can we pretty much come there and just work for free so that we can <laughs> like learn mm-hmm. everything we'd ever need to know and they're like yep doug and christine are like two of my favorite people mm-hmm. on the entire planet yeah i love them they're they were extremely super helpful, helpful yeah. and um, supportive and yeah so it was good 
Yeah, so then we moved back up there and uh, basically took the crash course um, as far as just full immersion into into brewing and running the brewery, being in the brewing process, front of house, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, kitchen, everything. Yeah. We didn't actually end up opening a kitchen, but we st- still, yeah. you know, we both worked in kitchens for a long time, too, so that's probably why we didn't open up the kitchen. <laughs> um, Seriously. <laughs> no jokes. But, okay. um, yeah. So, so at your last, especially your last stint in Everyday, or Everybody's Brewing, you, um, you went there just to learn about the process of opening a brewery and brewing and brewing in, in bigger batches and everything. Yep. Was What was the biggest lesson you pulled out of that experience? I mean, you learned a lot of stuff, but was there one thing that you that you learned that was like the most helpful when opening Jim Yeah, uh, For me, the most important thing that I learned um, and that really stuck with me was the focus on quality mm-hmm. and um, all of the different how you can affect the quality of your beer at every single step mm-hmm. of the process. Yeah. Um, so working for a place like everybody's, they were on a 15 barrel um, system, but they had, they were doing three turns a day on that mm. of, of a single beer. So you get a lot of production time, a lot of seller time, and then also a lot of time on the packaging line. And when you're doing that many turns and putting out the amount of beer that they were putting out, cause they would be in Idaho, if we're talking about Idaho, they would they would be probably the second yeah, biggest ten. brewery in Idaho at that time. But mm-hmm. for Washington and yeah, they were you know, small. It was a little bit more on the, <laughs> the smaller side, yeah. medium size. Um, but you realize that there's all of these different points where you can affect you, the outcome of your beer. Mm-hmm. And and working there, um, it was just a really good opportunity for us to really dive deep. At least for me to dive deep into that yeah. that world um the head brewer there is also the uh works for um one of the one founders of, of imperial imperial yeast, yeast. oh okay yeah. so which we and he's a veteran brewer that's been around forever um it's pretty amazing though to to work under somebody like that mm-hmm. um his name's jess caudill and uh and all of the other production staff there and just see how much quality is integrated into into the process from the yeah. very beginning so that's what we tried to, to integrate into our uh, us starting out was let's do this as quality, quality focused control. as possible mm-hmm. and never skip any mm-hmm. steps. And yeah. yeah, we're always looking for ways to increase our quality and make things better. And yep. yeah, that's definitely the biggest thing. I would say also to just, you know, they were one of the busiest places um, in the gorge. Uh, and that's a huge tourist destination. Mm-hmm. And in the summertime, that place was just constantly mm-hmm. right out the door. And just seeing how the mechanics of all of from brewery to tap room production, um, keeping beers on tap but also fresh, all of that is what I would yeah. say was the biggest um, help for, for me because I... Uh, you know, people always want their favorite beer on tap, yeah. but that isn't always going to happen, especially if you're putting out fresh beer all the yeah, time. So it's course, good for yeah. people to be like, oh, I really, really want the Juicy Gem. And I'm like, I know, Juicy Gem's really great, but we'll have that back. Let's try something mm-hmm, new. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of something that I learned um, yeah. from them. Okay. And they, 
have a really great management crew there, so that also. Yeah, and the Juicy Gem's a good example. We won a gold medal for the Juicy Gem um, out in Boise at the Western Idaho State Fair. Oh, yeah. Um, and But it's not on tap anymore, so it's gold-winning, you know, yeah, IPA. Yeah. But I think that our beer is always getting so much better that mm -hmm. it's hard for us to, yeah. to want to keep it. Yeah, the next one might be even better, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I don't definitely, the Juicy Jam will definitely come back. But We've got yeah. two beers like that we keep on tap all the time. Yeah. Um, the Blonde. The Blonde. And the Fly Hopper. The Fly Hopper, yeah. So, uh, yeah, our bronze, it won bronze at the North American Beer Awards, the Ambitious Blonde. Um, and then our Fly Hopper, I'd say those are our two flagships. Yeah. Okay. People just, the Fly Hopper, we put out different IPAs all the time, mm -hmm. and the Fly Hopper is just that one, one that yeah. people are like, that's my beer. Which is nice because we can really focus on consistency and quality with mm -hmm. those beers mm -hmm. and make the same beer every time. Um, and then we can also take part in Rotation Nation with the rest of yeah. the yeah. tab list. So did you come into the brewery knowing that these were possibly going to be your flagships, or did you let the people decide what? Yeah, we let the people decide. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we loved all the beers that we put on tap right when we opened. Mm -hmm. um, those are all of our original, part of our original homebrew recipes, mm -hmm. um, and we loved them, so we didn't really know what people, we knew that the Blonde was going to be a popular beer for this area, because people do like their lighter beers mm -hmm. around here, um, and the Flyhopper we loved, and it was a style that a lot of people did not even have never even tried around here. Mm -hmm. um, people would come and say, "I don't want IPA. I don't even mm -hmm. want to look at an IPA. Mm -hmm. I don't want to smell it. I don't." Want it. And now <laughs> they come in here, and that's all they drink. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah, we have uh, cowboy hat wearing guys. You know, yeah. <laughs> all they would drink was the blonde. Yeah, um, and then the blonde was out. I think one point, right? Or did they just? Maybe one of know. his friends had him try it. I think it was a friend oh. thing. And like, now, like, half of them drink New England IPAs. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. You converted yeah. See, like, yeah, yeah. You converted them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great. They didn't know what they were missing until they it's were pretty flushed. Yeah. It's, it's funny to see that. But, yeah. Good. So. Well, good. Well, since we're talking about the brewery, why did you why did you come back? So, obviously, you both went to school here, or you both are from Pocatello, is that correct? Yes, yeah. we are both. And you decided you wanted to come back home mm -hmm. to open this brewery. Was What's your reasonings besides coming back here um Small well Pocatello. every time that we <laughs> yeah. would every time we would come back to town to visit our family we um kind of saw a, a hole in the market mm -hmm. here um we wanted a place that had the, the type of ambiance the type of uh atmosphere you know um and then also was putting out really high quality beer that we grew used to when we yeah. were living up in the pacific northwest mm -hmm. and um it was something that was hard to find there's a there's definitely a lot of opportunity here in mm -hmm. Pocatello um, and we said we finally got to the point where we were like hey why don't we just we've got this space um, why don't we just go for this yeah and, and we love Pocatello um, we lived in some really nice places for sure like Bozeman's one of the nicest mm -hmm. places <laughs> that you can live in the US right <laughs> and we lived in you know the gorge which is also yeah. amazing um, but Pocatello has like it's like a hidden gem. Mm -hmm. It has all of these amazing things, like especially if you like to be outdoors, like it has mountain biking, it has climbing, it has skiing, all within, you know, pretty much almost in town. Um, yeah. And so, and it's actually like, 
an affordable, really affordable mm-hmm. place to Very. live. Very. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we just wanted to create, you know, every time we ever would come back and be like, oh, I wish Pocatello could have what these other places have. And that's really what we wanted to bring to Pocatello is, look, Pocatello can have a place that, you know, when people say they come in here, they're like, I feel like I'm not, I'm on vacation, you know? And you're like, <laughs> you know, people can, you yeah. know, you can have that. And that's kind of why we wanted to bring it to Pocatello because we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're diehards. perspective of what Pocatello yeah. was. Yeah. 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 What was there any, what, was there any hurdles? I, I had heard before you guys came mm-hmm. that the reason there wasn't more breweries in the area is that there might have been some roadblocks put up in the city yes. council to stop. Yeah, it. there was a lot of very weird rumors. But, but none and of it's true? We got about halfway, <laughs> okay. yeah, we got about halfway into opening this and people are like, already had all of our tanks here. Changed? Yeah, and people kept every day, they'd say, hey, did you get the law changed? Are you going <laughs> to get the law changed? I called the city, I'm like... a rumor that yeah. there was only allowed to be one brewery in Pocatello City Limits. And that's um, the Portneuf Valley Brewing. That well, was, they are. They were there was, first. Yeah. Right. That was. That's what everybody was said, telling was, us, and we're like, that doesn't sound <laughs> like very a, American. Like a but we got know, we halfway are, in, and we decided, you know what, we need to call the city. Yeah, make just sure. And they sure. were like, no, that's not a thing. Okay, but we'll yeah. call our law department just to check it out. So they called their legal department. Yeah, legal department, and then they, they, they said, emailed no, me, and I had it all in writing. Okay, so, luckily, because we were yeah. very deeply invested at that point. <laughs> yes, <in time>. yeah. <laughs> it's probably like honestly, I feel like it's just the town and our population here are probably like no, like yeah. no more beer places. <laughs> like, so I mean, it makes sense that there's yeah, probably I rumors. Be that there was some weird yes. law right. that you obscure well, law and that's the thing is we kind of started because at first we're like that's so bogus and then <laughs> so many people were saying it to us that we're like well maybe we should like figure this out we would case. get it multiple times a week from yeah. beginning till the day after we started people would ask us about yeah. this law it was pretty amazing how far the rumor mill will <laughs> yeah. you know, integrated. I just wonder where that all started. I don't know, I somewhere, know. but know. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Not true. Okay, well, good. I'm glad that you didn't have yes. that roadblock. But yeah. So since that wasn't a roadblock, was there anything else that was a challenge for opening up? Honestly, we were really lucky. We didn't have – I mean, we did a lot of this, this stuff ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad – actually had this whole building like uh upgraded when he built or bought it like over 10 years ago um and he did all this custom brickwork and everything so we kind of built around that but in terms of like building the tap room and building the brewery we just we just worked as much as we possibly could to get it done and yeah um other we had than some that, contractors coming in and do most of the foundational building as far as the uh, walls and yeah, they built uh, the bar, but Davis did the the polishing on the concrete bar. Yeah, so top. they came and did all the framing and started on. Um, they started the bar, they poured the bar, and then we got a little bit low on the funds, funds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, okay, when we told you this is how much we had, we meant it, and now it's time for us to take over. Yeah. yeah. So um, we basically did all the finished work in here with a little bit of help, and yeah. uh, and otherwise, I mean, there wasn't really any major roadblocks. Um, yeah, we didn't. We really kind of just put went all in on it and focused 100% of my brain power on mm-hmm. on everything that was needed to figure out every problem and we did a lot of really research well. though too about licensing mm-hmm. and TTB requirements yeah. and all that so that 
was helpful on our part to do that because I think that's where a lot of people come with their road roadblocks. Yeah, realize how long it takes. Yep, (laughs) and and all of the requirements. Mm -hmm. And so um, just doing research on that was super helpful for us, putting in the effort there. Um, But other than that, no, there wasn't really like... Oh, good. That's good. We I mean, bought our system from a um, brewery that was upgrading in Green Bay, and that was probably the, the most that stressful part. That was the part. most stressful part, for sure. You yeah. Know, we showed up, and there was, like, storm of the century coming oh. in, like, oh, no. two days later. Yeah. And like, the, Midwest storm of yeah, the century. Yeah. Oh, no. The freight company, we called them the day before, and they were they said that they didn't. They didn't know if somebody was going to be able to show know. up or not, but oh, yeah. we won't know until the day of. Oh, geez. Which our, we left. We our returning flight was the day after, so we started looking at U-Hauls. Like, are we going to have to drive this thing all the way across the U.S.? Um, that was and just the sitting on the plane afterwards, knowing that all of that equipment was inside this person's truck. That didn't have didn't have any spot was, for tie downs. Oh, he no. showed up and it's a dairy truck. Oh. Yeah, so it can so. all be cleaned out on the inside, right? There's no cracks or crevices. Yeah. So luckily so no he has all these down. load locks that go across. Yeah. But I'm like a I'm just yeah, used to using guy. straps. Yeah, that's good. Too. So I bought like two hundred dollars worth of straps <laughs> to strap all this stuff down. And he rolls up the back the the back lift gate thing, and it, and there is not a single attachment yeah. point on the inside of this. So we it was a, that was very stressful and, and then, when they start to pull it in they like go up over the curb a little bit and yeah, you can hear here, it yeah, shift yeah, in there yeah. I'm like and I can't I, be here I'm just, you're going to have to do this I, I can't. pull up the back gate expecting to see everything tipped over yeah. and everything was completely fine Oh good it was good. all good but yeah. that was probably the only like really really str- I mean the whole thing is stressful when you're doing it mm-hmm. but you're like this is going to be amazing and awesome yeah. and so it's worth it but that Getting that equipment here was yeah okay. Well, it's always stressful. Yeah. <laughs> so since we're talking about equipment, what size of a brew system or you know did you buy? You buy a used one. Yep. So that's good. You save some money on that. Yes, and it was actually great because they had only used it for about a maybe a year. Oh. So they bought it brand new. Oh wow. Yeah, and so it was used in terms of pricing, um, but not so much in actual use. So that's great. And it's a seven-barrel system. Seven-barrel system? Yep. yep. It's a seven-barrel brew house, and we've got five seven-barrel fermenters. But um, we originally only had two seven-barrel Yeah, we opened with two, which made a, a serious um, production clench at the beginning. Yes. And we got down to... We almost got down to one beer on tap. Luckily, we kegged the other beer within 30 minutes of the <laughs> other one blowing. Um, so we got... We, we definitely were cutting it close at the beginning, but we ordered pretty much... Instantly ordered three more fermenters. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we have five fermenters, so two and a half times the original. Yep. And now we can keep up just fine. Yes. And we've got a little bit more, if you were running things super tight, we've got a little bit more product, like production capacity than we need, but we like it that way so mm-hmm. that we can give things the proper amount of tank time mm-hmm. to make sure that our beers are coming out. And we can make lagers too. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. we will be doing. We'll make be doing a, a, a round of loggers here soon. So. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It's something that I, we don't see in a lot of newer breweries, right? They don't yeah. want to waste that or take that t- tank space away yep. to yeah. put a logger in there extra long. And so. we also yeah. made that mistake. So yep. <laughs> we wanted <laughs> we, to brew our logger so badly. That like a day after we opened, we brewed our creeper logger. Yeah. Um, and it's a, 
we brew that as a true lager where we don't speed anything up. Mm -hmm. It sits in the tank for months and months, months, months. Yeah, a month at least. And uh, yeah, that was not the best beer to brew right <laughs> off the bat. But it was delicious. But I love that. Yeah, it was, no, it was great good. beer. Yeah. 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 I loved it. And, the, and drinking it. Finally, when it came out, was it was very nice. Yeah, just thinking about the. In terms of uh, smart uh, fermentation capacity and space, at that point, we were like, yeah, well, maybe not the best. So did did the popularity of the brewery happen quicker than you were planning? That's why you thought two would be would be fine. Happened the first day, it seemed like. Yeah, 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 we were we. There was a lot of. there was kind of this like ethos that Pocatello was not a craft beer place yeah, and that you couldn't sell IPAs here and that nobody would want to come into a place like this. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, they and had, there was kind of this weird thing that was, that was that said. Luckily it was dispelled very quickly. Yeah. yeah. We were going to have a soft opening and we've never had the hard opening since. So yeah. It was a little too crazy at the very blown. beginning that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the so the soft opening is your official opening date. Yeah. You say, you know what? <laughs> July fourth. Yeah. Which was we we were just waiting on our um, local licensing um, before we could open. Um, so we got that on July third. And we were like, well, let's just open. Let's just open on the 4th of July and have the most <laughs> yeah. epic uh, anniversary party every yes. single year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah so it was pretty amazing. There was, it was just super surreal, too, because you're, you put so much effort and you, you know, you're so wanting everybody to enjoy what you what you made right not mm-hmm. just the space but the beers everything that went into it and when we had like a line out the door and people just piling in mm-hmm. we were like oh my gosh yeah you reached capacity this already yeah, yeah. No we were like oh my god yeah. this is happening and it just kept happening and we were like it was a very surreal experience it was you spend two years in here making sure mm-hmm. everything is exactly how you want it yeah basically you know just you and the crew and then yeah all of a sudden, everyone else is yeah. here, and it just feel it felt it felt very bizarre. Well, and prior to our opening, um, we were getting some stuff ready out on the patio, and a guy comes up to the door, and he has like a six pack of beer in his hand, and he's like, you know, banging <laughs> on the door, and I'm like, who is this, you know? And so I go and answer we it. We would get people all the time that yeah. would come every all, like just six every to hour, seven yeah, people would show yeah. up at the door. And uh, I go and answer it, and he's like, hey. My name's Dave Tachura. I'm the head brewer of Melvin, and mm. I just heard about you guys. I wanted to come in and check out your beer, and I'm like, okay, uh, hi. Yeah. So she walks outside with him, and I'm like, okay, here's some some other jabroni coming in. Like, I'm trying to get this fence done outside. And, you should have uh, him help you, right? Yeah, and she's like, hey, this, uh, this guy's from Melvin, and I instantly drop what I'm doing. Like, oh. And that was... That was at that point was the most Stress. stressful point of my of the of everything coming yeah. up you know we were like okay now this guy who I've respected mm-hmm. his beer so much he used to brew at Oscar Blues took mm-hmm. Oscar Blues from small to mm-hmm. completely so massive is, yeah. um, he's going to come taste all of our beer so he <laughs> he runs through the tap list with us drinks everything goes back to the brewery 
sees our bright tank that's fermenting a batch of beer in it, which is <laughs> great experience. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, these beers are all really solid. I like, like, love these These are beers. really, really good. And he's like, I'm not like a person that's going to really tell you that they're mm-hmm. they're not good, or they are good yeah. if they're not, yeah. you know, I'll just. And so, yeah, that was like yeah. such a relief. Not like a relief mm-hmm. And just like, it made us just feel like, <sighs> like yeah. we like I can take a little bit of load off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah like, we knew our beers were good, but you always run into that where you, you're you like, know, okay, you wonder, you're, you're, yeah. yeah, you're always questioning yeah. yourself. Yeah. So because of course um, your parents are going to tell you. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> this is really great beer, honey. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I'm the same way. So I have. It's, it's funny that you say that because. I, I am honest with people, right? Yeah. I I believe people want to know if their beer is good or not, and so I'll just yeah. say that yeah, this it's okay, and I'll, yeah. but I usually give constructive criticisms, totally. right? It's things that I think that might be done differently that make it better. Yeah. But I have so many friends that don't want to hurt other people's feelings, and they'll just like <laughs> yeah, give them a five cap rating. For, I'm like, wait a minute, this yeah. beer is not five cap. Well, he's yeah. a friend, but who? You know what? You're not doing justice, right? You yeah. Gotta be honest with them and say yeah. If, if they think everything's always the best. They don't. They're not going to strive to make improvements, right? They're going to keep doing the same thing, and then yep. somebody new is going to come to them and say, you know, it's not as good as people yep. think. Yep, and, and exactly. And that's and we um, we're definitely open. We're like, okay, our beer, our goal is always to make our beer better, no matter mm-hmm. like no matter how many awards you mm-hmm. get or people saying or your untapped rating or mm-hmm. whatever. You always want to make your beer better. That's like that's our ultimate goal is always to make better beer. And so when people would be like, "Oh, this one's really, really great," this one's, and it's like we didn't really have a lot of people telling us like, "Hey, this one, you know, I could use more flavor, mm-hmm. or you know, mm-hmm. this or that." And so when he came, he was like, "Oh, this one." We had the dark sky porter, and he oh, was yeah. like, "I love this beer. This is great. Yeah, I would, I would rec- I would say that this is more of a stout, but." Porter's fine if you want to call it a porter. You know what I mean? And like, and and so that's where I liked that because he was actually somebody that knew a lot about beer, yeah. and he was giving us honest mm-hmm. critique, but also constructive, mm-hmm. not in yeah. any way. But yeah, he was awesome, and now we like. Yeah, now we talk with him pretty frequently. Yeah. Um, he just sent he sent us a text message the other day, and he said, "Congratulations on the best of craft beer award." And I didn't even realize. Yeah, we that didn't we, even know that we got yeah. it. Oh. He's the one that told us. <laughs> Oh so, yeah, we're super excited for that. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so that was a good point. Is there any, any plans in the future to do a collaboration with Melvin by any chance? Um, oh. and he actually doesn't work at Melvin anymore. Oh. He actually just moved down to Ex Novo, just oh, yeah. opened an, um, an Ex, Me- no- Ex Novo Corrales in New Mexico. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and he is there running things. They just took home four medals of the Best of Craft Beer wow. Awards. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a lot of respect for him and I have a lot of respect for all yeah. the super quality beer they're yeah. taking me. Yeah. And Ex Novo is a great company too. Yeah. They do a lot to give back to the community. Yes. Yep. They do a lot of really great stuff. So, but uh, yeah, he just, you know, he's he's definitely an outdoors mm-hmm. kind of guy. So that's why he would come to Hotel to ride his bike and oh, stuff. Okay. And that's kind of where he. He's like, now I have somewhere to go. So <laughs> yes. And then he moved, yes. and I'm oh, like, yeah. oh. Well, that's all right. New Mexico's way cool too. So, but yeah, I don't. We don't really have any collaborations. Um, yeah, we've actually never done a collaboration so. that we have planned. Uh, you know, it would. We would be open to doing collaborations yeah. with other breweries, but 
Do you think any of the local ones that are opening up? Um, well, honestly, I don't really know. Um, the other one's still trying to get their their stuff figured out. Yep. Yep. So I don't know. Maybe. Maybe yeah, in the future. The yeah. future. Yeah, the future. You're still, yeah, it's, yeah you're, you st- you're still babies, right? Exactly. So you gotta, yeah, you know, I know. We'll get there. We are still babies. We are. We are babies. <laughs> okay, so, so now the question I, that probably all of our listeners want to know is, how did you come up with the name Jim Dandy Brewing? Yes. Um, yeah, so we came up with a lot of different names. Um, we've had a bunch of different names yeah. and logos and different things that were that obviously we just never didn't worked really, out. Well, and we didn't really, you know, when you're thinking about something, like I'm sure when you made the name for Tap to Craft, right? <laughs> it's a fun process trying you, to figure yeah. out that name. You really want something that just like clicks with what you're trying to make, right? Mm-hmm. And we, what about this name? What about this name? What about this name? And it, nothing like really was... You just felt like that was yeah. what it needed to be called. And we then, were sitting in here one day, and Haley's father um, pointed out that we've got these red yeah. um, train, train lights, lights yeah, yeah uh, up on the wall. And he said, oh, look at the red light. Well, the Jim Dandy Club mm-hmm. next door used to be the red light club back yeah, in the like, day. This is like the red um, light district. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> there was this old club called the Jim Dandy Club. It was a house of ill repute. And, oh. and nobody that is probably under the age of, what, 50, even knows about it in Pocatello. Yeah. But it was this, I think, like, B.B. King played there. Like, there was mm. a, it was a very, uh, like, prolific spot. And had a lot of good and bad that went with it, um, but it was it was kind of this this wild piece of history that was scrubbed from you know. Yeah, the that you can't really Pocatello find history. anything about it. Um, we went to the library to look through the archives mm, and photos. And everything's like been uh, blackened out. We wanted to take a little piece of Pocatello history and. Even if it wasn't, you know, just turn it into bring the history back yeah. and make a make a, our own version, our own version of, of, of Jim Dandy. Dandy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because everybody said that they've everybody said they've been to the Jim Dandy, but all the old guys, we'd have people come in here, eighty year old guys. <laughs> Let me tell you about yeah. the Jim Dandy. I used to spend time with the Jim Dandy. Not and his upstairs. wife will look at him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not upstairs, just downstairs. Yeah, sure. Oh. Or I got kidnapped and take to, taken to the Jim Dandy upstairs, and it was, uh, it was held against my will. You're like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so we just love that name. We um, Also, Jim Dandy means excellence of its kind. Mm. So, like, um, back in the 50s and 60s, people would be like, oh, that's Jim Dandy. Mm. And that's just, like, well, saying that's this real, is awesome. Like it's, uh, He's yeah. elevated yeah. above the rest. Yeah, yeah and so... You know the meaning behind it. That's really what our what we wanted is that you know excellence, mm-hmm. excellent yeah. beer, and yeah. you know, and atmosphere, and just a place where people could come and enjoy themselves. And having that history right there, and yeah, we yeah. just felt like it was perfect. But it is unique, it. right? There's not. I mean, yeah, there's, I, I did find. I, I think there might be something close to Jim Dandy. Somewhere in another country, I think. I, think I, I saw a, something. Yeah, one in British Jim Dan. What is it? Um, I don't know, but there is a Jim. There's a British beer Columbia. in like Japan or something that's made. Yeah, by we got a few check-ins yeah. from that actually. Okay, yeah, the good, we, right. the good the check-ins we took, and the other ones were like, "Hey, can you please do the right beer here? This is not our beer." 
Somebody's drinking one of our crowlers in Japan right now, and then all of a sudden we started to get a bunch of them. I'm like, hey, that's not mine. But it was like a, an actual beer that a brewery yeah. made. I can't remember the name of the brewery. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I remember Jimmy. seeing yeah. some, something else, so it's, yeah. Yeah. that's funny. But uh, yeah, so, and we also didn't want, we were really um, aware of all of the different brewery names. There's so many yeah. breweries. Oh, and yeah. we don't, we didn't want to have the same name mm-hmm. as somebody. We, yeah. we wanted to be a unique yeah. mm-hmm. place. We don't want to step on any toes mm-hmm. and we know we've, I've listened, I listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. including yours. Uh, <laughs> all the time. All the time. So I've listened to a lot of them that, that were brewer specific and specifically about, oh, we ran into these legal troubles with yeah. having this name. And the fact that there's over 7,000 breweries in the U.S. right now, it's really hard to not mm-hmm. step on somebody's toes. And luckily... With logo we, design and everything. Yeah, beer names. Like yeah. every time we we make a, or we name a beer, first thing we do is look it up. Yeah, you know? yeah like, make sure it's not going to encroach on anything. Yeah, the logo with the knapsack um, is it kind of ties back to the whole train um, and uh, Union Pacific area here, where mm-hmm. this was a really big um, railroad town, mm-hmm. and this area in particular, the Iron Triangle, was where all the railroad workers and immigrants would live. Mm-hmm. Um, so we liked the knapsack because it kind of showed that train travel and everything, yeah. and mm-hmm. crack and creative out of northern Idaho, or is it yeah, Washington? Um, um, anyways, they they did it for us and they did a great job. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's he does he did a really good job, and uh, but Davis originally like drew out the logo and then sent him all yeah, these different and, I, and, he's, and then he gave us okay this is what I came up with and he did a really good job so okay. but before we Perfect. before we move on uh, Davis you just uh, gra- grab something off of a bright tank yeah we, I just mm-hmm. grabbed our yet to be named uh, <laughs> double IPA off of uh, the bright tank so it's probably a little cold right yeah, it's now a little cold. yeah a little chilly um, oh, but oh. Uh, it, it's got yeah, citrus it's uh, super fruity tropical so, uh, fruity yeah. Or, yeah we used a uh, some New Zealand hops in there, Rakao, um, mm-hmm. as well as um, Mosaic. and Oh, this is good. Oh, yeah. Simcoe. <laughs> Simcoe. Yeah. yeah it's it is a, uh, we, we keep our bright tanks pretty cold because we carbonate in there. Mm-hmm. but um, So it's a little cold, but mm-hmm. it'll taste, it'll taste like, yeah, yeah. like the fruit. Yeah, it's super like tasty. So it's, so got, it's got this, um, the hops actually bring like a pretty nice sweetness mm-hmm. um, up front that yeah. fades into the bitterness. Yeah. This is kind of... Um, on that line that I was talking about between the hazy, where we've got the new, mouthfeel and everything yeah. of yeah. hazy IPA with the amazing aromas, um, but you've also got um, a little bit of bitterness to to back it up. I feel like the bitterness gives like a clean break mm-hmm. to a beer and will gives your palate something to look all of a sudden you're like, oh, I should have another drink. You know? yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just layering sweet on sweet yeah. on yeah. sweet, yeah. it's yeah. kind of hard to... That's so Yeah, so difficult. it kind of cuts that up and makes a really nice balance. Um, but yeah, it's super tasty. Yeah, we're, probably, yeah we're, we're pretty happy 8%, with it. Huh? Yeah, yeah, so it's a little, it's on the, you know. It doesn't taste 8%. Not, <laughs> 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 yeah, we get that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah we kind of try to make our beers. As drinkable as possible, well, which and can be. Uh, with the bigger beers, like a high alcohol beer, um, it's in our minds, I do not like really hot beers. Yeah, and, I don't either. And I run yeah. into a lot of people whose bigger beers are super yeah, hot. Yeah, um, yeah. So we do our best to try to keep our fermentation happy and our yeast yeah. happy during that. But, yeah. That's the key. You just mentioned something that I don't think maybe a lot of brewers, especially starting out, understand that the key 
yeah. ingredients, right? We already talked yes. about that. Yeah. For sure. the, the process, keeping everything clean. That's that's all very important. Yeah. But people don't understand that yeast is like oh. a huge probably yeah. one you know, of the part most, of the brewing process. Yeah. And if you don't keep your yeast happy, it's not going to oh, sure. produce the flavors yes. you need. And yes. that that kind of goes back to what I was saying. Working at everybody's brewing, working around almost half of the production staff there used to work at Y East, which is yeah. right outside of, of uh, Hood River. Mm-hmm. Then the other guy who who ran the who was the head brewer, he also worked at Y East and then Imperial. worked at Imperial, Imperial. East. So Lots it's of... very yeast focused there, mm-hmm. and you learn a lot yeah. about. How to keep your yeast healthy, mm-hmm. um, pitch rates, controlling everything—you know, making sure that your yeast has viability. That's um, yeah, it's yeah, a very big part, and it's something we really focus on, especially with her microbiome background. Yeah, so you yeah. you actually get to utilize a lot of your yes. schooling in the brewing process, and you yes. have a le- like a mini lab here. Yep, and- I could show it to you. It's uh, <laughs> awesome. it's a it's little like table, a room closet. Lab. Yep, it's in the closet, <laughs> and it works great. I mean, you you can have. Oh, that's uh, filling up our CO two out there. Oh, oh! <laughs> I'm like, is that the? Am I in the way? No, you're good. It's got oh yeah, he is filling up the CO two. It's kind of nice. He doesn't even have to come in. Yeah, does he do it? The uh... scared me. I know. I was like, what? Is uh, what does that sound? Okay, uh, back to what we were saying. Like, ah! That has freaked me out. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so you can have an amazing lab like all of these really big breweries have, and it's super helpful. You can propagate yeast that way, mm-hmm. you can do lots of different things. Um, our lab is definitely just like the, what you, the basis of mm-hmm. what you need for. A brewery. If you're starting gonna, out, yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna have a brewery, you definitely need a lab, in my opinion. I don't think that people realize how important that part of it is. Um, they're like, well, you know, I'm not going to be distributing. I'm not going to be doing this. But just the quality, like, you're, if you're sending out any beer to go at all, even if it is only in a growler, you should know that your product is going to be good mm-hmm. when it hits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, whoever's drinking it, because that's that's your business Mm -hmm. right if somebody gets home or goes to a party with a growler full of beer or can and they start drinking it and they're just like like, yeah and other people are drinking like where's this from this is horrible exactly sticklers on on that's one of the reasons why we actually don't sell growlers here is because there's too many people in our mind that drink half a growler put Put it away oh yeah you know they had it the day that they bought it it tasted great then their friend comes over five days later Mm -hmm. and they pour it and it's completely flat yeah and we don't we want our beer to be presented in the best way possible yeah. So we went the crowler route. Yeah. And my time working on a production, canning production line mm-hmm. at Everybody's Brewing kind of helped shape how the, the process that we go about that. So we do our stuff basically the same way that you would on, on, a, a, can. on a canning. Yeah. You, you so, flush it yeah. with CO2 flush to get it, all the yeah. oxygen yeah. out and then you yeah, fill it to yeah. the... Yeah, and on foam, everything. Yeah. Everything is uh, to make sure that that beer is as, as perfect as it can be when you crack that seal yeah. so we'll we crack beers all the time we had a lager that was we had some of the creeper lager that was yeah what, we keep them months you know? or something yeah, like that we keep them oh, just wow. to yeah. see. and it yeah. still held up it was delicious really yeah, yeah it was yeah. carbonated i mean you know oxidation is the one thing yeah. too with a growler there's so much oxygen in there mm-hmm. and even cleaning it cleaning it properly yeah. it, there's just so many things like yeah it is definitely nice to be able to just grab your growler if you remember to grab your growler yeah 
from your house. Um, and it is like an older way of like people are used to their growlers, but they have definitely um, crowler sales have went up oh. and up and up. So they're getting used to being I, like, oh, I'm just going to get a three pack. Yeah, you know? I yeah. think it helps that your crowlers are affordable. Yes. $7 crowlers, nobody yes. gives crowlers for $7, <laughs> yes. which kind of brings me to my next uh, set of questions is yeah. that so there's a few things I noticed when I first walked in. One of them was, of course, your great decor. Yeah. Warm. Yes. <laughs> You've got, you know, some old stock wood, I'm assuming, from, yep. from taking yeah. down some building. You have, uh, you know, iron. Yep. Uh, you have this brick. You have yeah. you know, the lighting. The, everything is feels warm, cozy, like, you know, like you feel like you're comfortable when you walk in, for one. I like mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Second thing is your staff is incredible. You really do a yes. good job to make sure that your staff is friendly. They ask, you know, they're always attentive to your customers. Yeah. They come around and ask constantly if you need another beer, if it's okay. They grab the other glasses away. I mean, sure. fantastic. That's number they, one as far as their staff. Good. They're good. They good. call cabs if you. they know you can't. You're like, <laughs> yeah. you're not driving. Let me yeah. call you a cab. Yep. Yeah. It's, I know. It's, awesome. it's, it's And that's such a huge part of somebody's experience, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. If you go somewhere and they're not friendly or they're just like standing behind the bar, there's... Yeah, and make you come to them. Yeah, and, exactly. And, like, yeah. that is such a huge part of how you feel about a place mm-hmm. is how the people that work there make you feel. Yeah. Welcomed. Yeah. Like, we want you to be here. We want you to have a good time. So that's a huge part of yeah. what we focus on. Yeah, for sure. So you're definitely doing a fantastic job on that. I give you two thumbs up. <laughs> and then the third thing that I noticed right off the bat is your prices for your beers are really reasonable, especially <laughs> in this time of, of age, where I've found that, you know, all these tap rooms and breweries that are open tap rooms, they're, they're, they're almost forced to have to raise their prices up to, you know, pretty expensive beers. I, you know, in Boise now, we're paying six six fifty a glass. Yeah. For sure. And that glass could be 16 ounce or it could be 10 ounce. Yep. yep. Yeah. And that's it's that's pretty expensive for our yes. you know Idaho is a is a lower you know it doesn't have a lot of income here right totally. lower and yes. especially Pocatello I I feel is even lower than yeah. than Boise is yeah. so <laughs> what is your what what was your thought process on on ha- having you know affordable beers and I'll just yes. I'll just say the beers like you can buy a ten ounce beer for three dollars yep. or a sixteen ounce beer for four fifty yep or if you have your uh, dandy mug. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> your dandy mug is 18 ounces, and you get that. There's specials every day for that. Yeah. Yep. 350 for that. So that's a good one. Okay, so, yes, so it's now, worth it. So, I have so, it. <laughs> so you're obviously able to survive on not charging as high as exactly. other places. So Yes. So, um, well, from the beginning, we really wanted to be a place that anybody would feel welcome coming into. Um, I can see why people in other, in bigger cities um, and areas where it's has a higher cost of living would put their beer at 650 you know mm-hmm. that's probably equal to what it is here in Pocatello based yeah, off of the, you know the, the cost of living here yeah. right um, so we wanted to make a place that people could come into who weren't really used to craft beer right mm-hmm. um, which is kind of the Pocatello community southeast Idaho not a super heavily craft beer community they could come in and feel comfortable exploring our menu yeah. without Without looking at a six fifty price tag and yeah. say, I've never paid that for a beer. Yeah. Right. And I won't pay that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The right. only places you're paying six fifty for a beer in Pocatello is at the big chain areas, Buffalo mm-hmm. Wild Wings, oh, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, in town, if you're looking at a local business, it's basically 
four fifty for a beer. Yeah, we tried okay. to be competitive. Uh, we we went everywhere in town to kind of see, you know, highest highest and lowest prices, and you know, this is the freshest beer that you're going to get anywhere in town for one. So that oh, yeah. that was one thing mm-hmm. that we were like, okay, fresh, and it's high ABV. So when somebody's like, well, I can get you know my Miller Lite down here for two fifty, mm-hmm. I'm like, well. Really? That's, we get you're gonna that have a lot. That's to, the thing is, we yeah. still get people who are yeah. who say, "Oh, four fifty for a beer? Are you kidding me?" That's, you know, <laughs> yeah. And so we tried to make it so it was affordable. You can come in here, you can have some beers. You're not spending fifty dollars yes. every time you come in. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you you can. Oh yeah. But oh, yeah. if you are just like you know, especially for the locals that have the mug and take advantage of those savings it's oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. super affordable yeah. and that's what we we want most of our whole goal is to have our tap room be a destination so we want all of our sales to mainly be out of our tap room that's yeah. our goal yeah. and if we have to distribute um in the future we will um and we might just to like get it out at different places that don't really you know that would bring people in maybe mm-hmm. the people places next to the Hotels. To the hotels yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sees, there's uh, a, yeah. I see a Jim Dandy beer yeah. there, along with the standard yeah. domestic coffee. Exactly. Oh, oh Pocatello. Yeah, yeah. Local. like local place. I'm going to go down there and check out their tap room too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's kind of where we wanted to stay. Is we definitely make beer that is more expensive than 452. Yeah. yeah. We have. Um, we've had you know. Our highest priced one so far has been the barrel aged babushka, right. which is five seventy five for a ten ounce. But for a barrel aged beer, it's mm-hmm. still yeah pretty reasonable. Yeah, right. I think. Um, but we try to make most of the beers that are available four fifty. Just yeah, to- we just uh, we really wanted to be a place for the people, yeah. you know, yeah, um, a place that didn't feel too highbrow. It looks very nice in here, but our prices are what you would get going down to you know just your average yeah. watering hole yeah right. so yeah. i think that i think that's the thing is i wanted to make a spot and Haley did that that if you were working on minimum wage you could come in here and have a beer yeah mm-hmm. if you were you know a doctor or something you would come in here and you yeah the beers are inexpensive but it's up to your and standard fine. of mm-hmm. how you mm-hmm. would you know <laughs> i wanted to make a spot that everybody could come to where you could have you know, uh, your professor sitting next to your, you know, yep. local tradesman, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and the whole idea of like, of the British public house, you yeah. know, somewhere where everybody could come to, everybody felt comfortable mm-hmm. associating with the same spot. And I think that the, the price tag of the beer helps yeah. with that, especially oh, yeah. in a place like Pocatello where we, we don't. We're not Boise. We don't have a bunch of high-paying jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of teachers come here. I know, yeah, yeah. Like exactly. every Friday, it's teachers. like a lot yes. of teachers. <laughs> yep. And a come for weekly beers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's how we we want people to just be like, oh, this is like, this is a place that I can go yeah. Yeah. forward and I can enjoy. And yeah. you know, every once in a while, when we put a little bit more ingredients like mm-hmm. if we do a, a, a fruited IPA where we have a lot of fruit yeah. and a lot of hops mm-hmm. we'll raise the price 50 yeah. cents but yeah. and most try people to... don't complain but some no. do majority of people don't complain but some people are also like they're just used to what they're used to right. they haven't been anywhere else yeah. and so you know and they're like I can I can go and get this for and you're like well these are also seven percent beers, yeah, so yeah. 
and f made right here. Like this was made, you know, mm -hmm. so it's so fresh. Yeah. It's exactly, you know. Yeah, it, 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 the focus is to drink local. Yes. And I don't know if Pocatello had felt that <laughs> until now, right? Yeah. They had another opportunity to go to, but I think you've made it where now people can really come and drink local and drink beer that is at a high caliber. Yeah. And uh, you know. I, that's my favorite thing is when I walk over to a table and each person's drinking a different beer. Yes. Mm -hmm. That makes me feel like, for sure. you know, our beers are rotating through really, I mean, of course our IPAs are always going to be mm -hmm. flying through here, but all of our other beers, they, they don't sit, you know? And so that's something that I really yeah, like. Yeah, we don't, that's, we could, we could have started with a bigger brew house, you know, and worked, you know, a little bit less than we are right now. Probably been a little bit more sane. <laughs> But the nice thing about our size is that all of our beer is fresh mm -hmm. all of the time. Yeah, yeah. And Nothing's sitting around for long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can't even. We couldn't even consider distributing our IPAs because there's no possible way we could keep up we with. We brew. Yeah, we start the next brew pretty much right when we put the the one on mm -hmm. and or the next and even batch, then, previous yeah. batch on and even then sometimes we're out for a couple of days because. Our IPAs take a long time. Yeah. We let them yeah. sit. We let them make sure that uh, that dry hop is not producing any diacetyl. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Or hop creep, you know? Yeah, no exactly. hop creep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, for sure. The That's one of the problems I don't like is a lot of that uh, hop burn. Yep. Oh, yeah. When people rush it and you, totally. and just, you drink it and it just like burns going down. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 that is not good. I know. I, I want it to be smooth going down. Yep. Yeah, and we, yeah, we've noticed that a little bit with like... Cryo hops um, mm. get a little bit. Those really high oil hops can give a little bit more hop burn too. And yeah, it's just all about trying to. We try, try to do our best to to control the process, and we found little tips and tricks that help us mm -hmm. so that we can. That's good. To, yeah, yeah. keep the hop burn away. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 So, so you actually did do a cryo hop beer, the space haze, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, actually, there's other beers. I think. Is there more that have it too? Not uh, full cryo though. Like we no, did, like a yeah. mixture. Oh, okay. Like, you the Ida Glow uh, does not wait. Which one? Um, the uh, Van Cruzen. Oh, that one was oh, so yeah. good. Van Cruzen had cryo hops. Yes. It actually had two different varieties of cryo: cryo Zaka and cryo Simco. Okay. Um, but we didn't really advertise it on that one. Okay. What, what do you I don't find? Know why we did it on this one? <laughs> <laughs> cryo. <laughs> what do you find that the cryo? adds to the beer anything special it adds i mean i, I yeah. have my opinion but i want to hear what you guys think so i my opinion of cryo hops the reason why they're so great is because you don't get any of those vegetal flavors mm -hmm. from having yeah. dry hop super heavily with regular hops um yeah there's just such a higher oil content in those and and consequently less vegetal matter matter for mm -hmm. that same amount of oil content that you can you can get a lot more more pungent aromas mm -hmm. um with using less hops yeah which is and the that's a a lot of the times if you have too much contact time with those hops all that that vegetal matter will start to seep into the beer and mm -hmm. you'll get some off flavors so it really helps keep those down um we actually use them in a lot of different ipas mm -hmm. not ones that we have up there right now but that's the one we've used the most in is it, it is at least in is it less expensive or is it? Oh, it's way more. Expensive. It's more expensive. Yeah, yeah. it's way more um, expensive. But it also you can, you have to use you can use less, mm -hmm. right? So so at that time 
you're all, you're getting a little bit higher yield on your beers yeah. because so much of the beer gets soaked into those hops. Yeah, yeah. So you have to dump less hops off, which means you dump less beer off. And, yeah. You know, there's it kind of there's a lot of different yeah. reasons why. It kind of, Evens out, yeah, yeah, it evens yeah. out at the end, really, and you get a better. I think you get a more stable beer, also, because mm-hmm. um, hops age over yeah. time. You yeah. know, even sitting for three weeks, you can get a little bit of a of a aged hop flavor if you have a really mm-hmm. heavily dry hopped or hopped beer. Yeah, and so I think that when you use the cryo hops, you you get those flavors and they they last longer. Yeah. The aroma lasts longer, um, which is what we like. We like the aroma. Mm-hmm. Aroma is yeah, that's, yeah. You're, you're, oh, yeah. that's the fir- your first first thing you, you yep, do yep. is you put it up your nose, your nose and you're smell like, it. Yeah. there. Yeah. You know what to expect when you're drinking. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So yeah. we lo- I I love the cryo hops and I like to use them in conjunction with just your regular yeah regular hops so that you kind of get the best of both worlds. We have done a couple single hop beers. Uh, Van Cruzen. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Mosaic. the Van Cruzen earlier. I think that was the Mosaic. Well, or no, Cruzen no, like Citra. Citra. Yeah, Citra. I can't remember which one we used that cryo as on. It wasn't the yeah. Van Cruzen. Anyways, um, but yeah, so we use a lot of different. We're really hop focused. <laughs> yeah, we love hops. We mm-hmm. brew. I think that like people come here most of the time for our IPAs. Our you know we make. I consider really really good IPAs. Mm-hmm. I love our IPAs, um, but we receive a lot of recognition for our light beers mm-hmm. um we got a bronze for the ambitious blonde naba we just got the best of craft silver for our cream ale um which are the beers that the ipas drinkers come in they do not drink you know mm-hmm. all the super craft beer guys come in and they're like oh i don't know why you'd want to drink that it <laughs> doesn't have any hops in it <laughs> but i yeah. love those beers and i love making those beers mm-hmm. and dark um, beers too mm-hmm. we yeah. have a lot of people that really really enjoy the dark beers. Like the, you have the Wee Bonnie, which is the your scotch ale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then there's the Mike's Breakfast Oatmeal yep. Style, which is yeah, one of my favorites. We've done so a bunch of different guy. ones. Um, the Next to Nutty's coming back out. <gasps> oh, yes, I love so that our, one. Uh, <laughs> yep, our yes. peanut butter milk stout. Yes, uh, we got that so in the tank good. right now. And it's, it's really tasty. It yeah. was very popular. It ran out. You mix that one with the Jambler and you get this nice. Uh, That's what someone was telling me. And I was going to do it. I was going to mix the two and then you guys were out of it. And I was like, next time I will do it. And we should, it should be on within the next week. So we should have the Jambler still. Good. And then you can try it. But yeah, I will. PB&J was very popular. popular. <laughs> They're like, it's a PB. And then some people were like, we have to have this much PB and you have to have this yeah, much J. Yeah. And they're like, okay, however <laughs> you want it is good with me. But yeah, so I think that, I think that, you know, I like the size of our system for what yeah. we are set up for. Yeah. And you, you'll go to some other places and they'll have really extensive 20 taps, you know, oh, yeah. um, which I think. I like, we've got 10 on, um, 10 taps, and sometimes we'll go down to eight just so that we can always have a tap to put something on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it kind of rotates between eight and 10. Um, maybe we'll add a couple in sometime in the future, but we don't really want to get to the spot where we have a, a bunch of taps because yeah. it means you have a bunch of beer that's sitting around. Yeah. Yeah. So I always get wor- a little bit leery of seeing a bunch of taps it kind of makes me think that maybe the beer is not as fresh yeah so i'd rather have maybe you don't have the crazy extensive selection but you have a good selection and you have a fresh selection yeah yeah, yeah. something for everyone yeah yeah, yeah. that's exactly. big to me yeah you, 
I've never complained about your selection because you do have a <laughs> variety. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there are times we only have, you know, more hoppy stuff. Than, yeah. but you always have yeah. something to balance out, which yes. is a, I, I appreciate. For, <laughs> we, get, we get really excited about IPAs sometimes, and we're yeah. like, yeah, oh, I'm a little bit of a hophead, so I think about IPAs, new IPAs. <laughs> I'll come up with like five different IPA yeah. ideas every like, day. Okay, so. hold on one second. We just brewed four IPAs, yeah. so let's yeah, just let's, uh, let's go back to something. Yes, yeah, yeah. something um, else. And is there what other styles that you haven't brewed yet? Are you thinking of trying? You know, yes. styles that aren't. Like for one thing, I haven't noticed any Belgian ales. Are you? Yeah. Are you uh, um, into Belgians, or is that something I am, you might? Do? I'm personally into Belgians. I like Belgian beers. Um, I don't think that we're going to go down that direction. The big thing is, is that there's only so much yeast that you can keep uh -huh. viable, um, viable yeah. and in rotation in your brewery. And when you're small like us, we've got three different yeasts back there, which is way more yeast yeah. than people would even think you should possibly break for off, how much beer that we you know make, right? um so so that, so that would be another yeast strain you have to keep yeah to just yeah, brew a, exactly a totally you're not i like to i like to drink belgian beers and belgian inspired beers and i'd like to keep let those guys do it do those Understand. beers yeah, you know? yeah. No, no, do that. Like, we do uh, we do really the like styles that like i anytime i can find an amazing farmhouse saison or something like that i'll drink that and mm -hmm. i love i love farmhouse yeah. beers i love mixed fermentation beers mm -hmm. but it's not something that i think we would go that's not the direction we would probably go in maybe not any yeah especially like right away uh, maybe you know you it's never hard. know what the future brings mm -hmm. right. but i probably not as i would love to go down that, that <laughs> rabbit hole but with the there's a lot of stuff that comes with doing mixed fermentation yeah, yeah. That, that yeah it makes it very difficult to keep everything clean yeah, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and kind of the market here yeah, yeah. Right. Market. So, yeah we're but, in southeast idaho yeah we put a, we put a uh, take Portland. seven um saison yeah farmhouse saison um on which i thought was amazing yeah yeah from yeah. boulevard yeah from boulevard yeah, yeah. It's, amazing it's, it's been around for a long time different saisons on it different times and we and could not the people were like oh i can't we it just sat yeah. there and it was a six barrel keg and we're like well, I guess we'll drink yeah. it. You yeah. know, like it's it, amazing. Yeah. I love the tanks. It's like one of my favorites. And so, but that's why we did put kind of um, start out with putting some um, guest taps on mm -hmm. just to see what people's yeah feel feel, feel them out and see if they totally end yeah. up liking it. But and it's nice because it gives since I don't we don't make those beers here. I can go out to Boise and drink you know amazing like farmhouse beer from mm -hmm. Barbarian right. or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I still get like that joy out of it. <laughs> Whereas, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I make so much, so much of my own beer here that, yeah, like, need that's, to. yeah, like I had to cut myself off when I was at GABF from just like, <laughs> okay, I need to stop drinking only mixed fermentation beers. Yeah. Because that's what he, yeah, he loves, I, I, they're amazing. And they can also, they're, yeah, they can be really great and they can also be really. Yeah. So were you worried when you put the scallywag on your sour that it wouldn't, go as fast with the population of Pocatello um, the yeah. beer they like <laughs> I yeah and it and it, it sold a little bit slower than than I think we were anticipating it which but the people who drank it it's just we're not a big sour community here. right mm -hmm. people who drank it including myself loved it I think it was one of the best beers that beer and the and the smacker which are yes. two sour IPAs that we brewed um I think we're like some delicious, of the best. delicious, yeah. ridiculously good. You have to like sours, and like he said, we have a very select amount of people that come in here and only drink our guest tap because our guest tap is sour, sour. Oh, yeah. and okay. so 
people that only like sours. When are you guys going to make a sour? When are you guys going to make a sour? So that's where we wanted to fill that space for those people, and they loved that beer. Oh, yeah. They were like, this is amazing. Can you just make this all the time? Please just make it all the time. And we're like, we'll we'll try, but probably not. A ton of key lime flavor. It was a key lime. um, Super refreshing. IPA. It's a good, it'd be a good summer one. Oh, yeah. Summertime. Yes. We're going to have that one. We're bringing gonna bring back the bomba guava because oh i love i haven't had that one either guava. Yeah, that was one of my favorite can get that for me that beer the bomba guava was one of those beers that people in pocatello had never had a beer like that yes and didn't know the beer could be like that, like that. yeah mm-hmm. a fruit you know a fruited beer like this doesn't even taste like beer i'm like mm-hmm. and it doesn't taste like a regular <laughs> you know you go to albertson's and buy a six pack of fruit beer and it's probably has extract in it mm-hmm. right yeah, yeah we yeah Taste. we don't use any extract here we've we tried extract one time on like a little test batch and we didn't even we like, did drink not it. like it mm-hmm. okay yeah. this is gonna go down the drain it just, <laughs> I, I just uh don't like that artificial yeah. flavor yeah. yeah it just wouldn't if you want something with fruit in it you want it to taste like yeah, like the fruit. The fruit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, so when that beer came out, the Bomba Guava, we would look around the tap room and it's like seventy five percent of the people in here, there would be you know, it'd be completely packed and almost every table was full of Bomba Guava. Bomba Guava, yes. Yeah. <laughs> An entire batch which was we got about thirteen kegs, half barrel kegs that and we didn't sell any to goes of it at all. Mm-hmm. And it was gone in three weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's I mean for one style of beer yeah. that's fast yeah. with only tap room sales. Yeah. 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 Ah, that's so, good. Yeah, and, and it's ta- <laughs> it's one of my favorites too. Yeah. I love yeah. the bubble I'll, I'll have to come make a special trip just for this I know. We're gonna, like, could, I'm going to make that one post baby so that I can. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm going to be like, okay, Wiley, mom's going to have some beer now. It's good. It's really good. Well, um, We've been running a long time. I appreciate I your time, I and I uh, I don't want to keep you any longer. But I want to thank you both for yes. taking the time out of your busy schedule and to have a chat with us. I know our listeners are going to really enjoy all the information you provide, a lot of great stories and, and information that I think uh, they'll appreciate. So I look forward to hearing their comments. and. I yeah. just want to thank you again. Is there anything yeah. you want yeah. to add? Yeah, no, if you want to find us, you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram, um, and then also on Untapped. So, yep, yeah, just and Jim Dandy at, at Jim yeah. Dandy Brewing. Jim Dandy, yeah, just type in Jim Dandy Brewing, um, and we'll pop up. And if you're ever in Southeast Idaho, swing by and have a pint with us yeah, for sure. It was really great. <laughs> this is fun. Very fun. Excellent. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys. That was our interview, and now I'm just going to talk about some, uh, you know, let Chris mention anything he wanted to ask or, or make a comment on. And also, uh, I wanted to go ahead and, and uh, give some, you know, give some feedback to Davis and Haley here. So, first off, uh, you know, both Haley and, I mean, Haley needs to, uh, needs to dive more into her brown ales. And I know Davis is doing research into brown ales. So, I thought, you know what, let me go through my my untapped list and give just some names of some great brown ales. These are brown ales that I gave high ratings to, at least a four or above rating on. And I'll just go through it really quick. And Davis, get your pen out and paper. Go ahead and write these down so you can go ahead and do some research so that you can, you know, get these beers to Haley and maybe brew up something similar to these, for, you know, while doing research for a good brown ale. 
So first off, starting with the, I had a, just so you guys know, I had 105 unique check-ins to brown ales <laughs> on Untapped. So I have, a, I have a pretty good collection of brown ales. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about uh, is from Clairvoyant Brewing. Now I know that uh, that they've visited Clairvoyant when they've been in Boise, but the problem is is that Clairvoyant brings you know rotates beers through, so they may not have had a brown on tap. But their brown ale uh, is really good, five cap rating in my book. Also. Uh, you know, brown ales really lend to putting adjuncts into it be, to give it a little bit extra pep. So a lot of times brewers will put in coffee to give it a little bit extra kick just to, you know, give some more flavor. And so this is one of those coffee beers. It's Founders Sumatra Mountain Brown. Another five cap rating for me. Cigar, uh, Cigar City's Maduro Brown Ale, which Chris and I both really enjoy. That's a four and a half cap rating for me. Then another coffee. Brown is Founders Underground Mountain Brown, four and a half cap rating. Again, another really good brown, Imperial, I think it's an Imperial Brown, actually, that has, uh, yes, it is. Yeah, that has some, uh, some nice coffee flavor and, and nice maltiness to it. And then going back to Boise, Boise Brewings Burn One Brown. Again, this is a rotational one that comes in every, every year or so, uh, four and a quarter rating. Side A Brewing out of La Grande, Oregon. If you're going, if you're heading to Portland, stop in La Grande. Uh, Side A Brewing makes some fantastic beers in that small little town, and their Brown Out Brown Oatmeal L is really good. Uh, I really like that one. I get that four cap rating. Now, if you come over to uh, to the Ketchum area over in Sun Valley, you can go to Sawtooth and have a Silver Creek Brown four cap rating. Really good, solid brown ale right there. Now, another beer that's uh, from out of California or Colorado, Avery Brewing, and now. You know, some people don't like this beer, but I really like this beer. It's Ellie's Brown Ale. It's a brown ale that I just think that just hits a spot for me in, in a lot of ways. And whenever I f- find it out when I'm traveling, I always order it up. I'm never disappointed. Uh, it's Ellie's Brown Ale. It's a four-cap rating. And then a California brewery, Humboldt, hum- Humboldt Brewing, they do a brown hemp ale. And I'll tell you what, uh, I'm not a huge fan of hemp in my beer, but this one works really well. It gives you some of that earthy character to this brown ale and gives it a little bit extra, you know, kick. Uh, four cap rating for that Humboldt brown ale, hemp brown. And then the last one is personally a beer that I give a little bit lower, three and three quarters caps. But again, it's a Boise Brewing, just one gold medal for brown ale at the Great American Beer Festival. So I had to give props to this one. It's one I do drink quite a bit here in the Boise area. Mad Swede Brewing is the closest brewery to my house, so I do spend quite a bit of time there, and that's their Naked Sunbather Brown Ale. All right, so there's a number of brewery or beers and breweries to try brown ales from. And I'll actually grab a couple from from our side too, which which I didn't put this in our notes, but um, I know one beer specifically that was actually from Buckeye Lake Brewery, which is oh, right yeah. over by John yeah. uh, in Ohio. It was just called their Nut Brown, uh, which I gave four and a quarter caps to. And there was also another beer that we had the last time we were in um, Asheville, which was from Catawba Brewing. It was called their Peanut Butter Jelly Time, which I gave uh, four, four and a quarter or four and a half caps to as well. But it's... Um, I'm I'm definitely with you, Denny. This is one of those styles that uh, it's normally a pretty easy drink. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, one of my favorites uh, you did not have on this list, Moostrel. Yeah, um, I enjoy Moostrel, but um, 
they, as I mentioned, uh, it was the first, their first uh, brew in uh, in their brew kit was a Moostrol clone. Oh, that's right. Clone. And uh, I I like Moostrol, but because I already knew that they had already had Moostrol, I didn't want to mention when they already had. All right. So I, I left that one out. But uh, it is funny. So this, this leads into the other thing that I thought was really interesting. Both Haley and Davis didn't brew before they worked at a brewery. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing to me that 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 they went to work at a brewery because she, uh, you know, got to taste a lot of uh, uh, craft, you know, home brewed stuff during that. Uh, she wasn't in the class, but she was able to take advantage of tasting the beer that was made from that class. And she realized that hey, I could make a living working at a brewery, drinking beer that I like, drinking beer. Uh, you know, that might be something that that might work. And you know, she gets a job at a brewery. And mm-hmm. and then her and Davis start working at a brewery, and then she starts, uh, to, you know, she gets a homebrew kit, and then starts to brew beer mm-hmm. at home. Just yeah. happens the first kit that she gets is a brown ale, which she doesn't like brown <laughs> ales, which is also <laughs> so funny to me that 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 would be the first kit that they would have would have gotten, yeah. um, you know, knowing that that they weren't big fans of brown ales, uh, and then just getting a passion for brewing for creating those. Uh, you know, creating those beers and 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 fine tuning the process and 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 they said and again I don't remember if it's in the interview or not, but uh, you know we we interviewed for an hour and a half and then mm-hmm. we sat and talked for another hour and a half after that because we just kept talking and and going on and on about different things and one of the things that that they mentioned was that I just forgot what I was going to say because I got sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shoot, man! Oh man, brain. So here, using on your brain, I had a couple other ones that popped up in my okay. list too. Was uh, the brown note from Against the Grain Brewery? Oh yeah, yeah. Which, according to Untap, is an English style brown ale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Imperial Double Side, we had Bravo 2017 Bravo from Oh Fire yeah, Stone Walker. Oh yeah, that's a great beer. Um, the Sumatra Brown was on there. Um. Brown Angel from Clown Shoes. Oh, I've had that one. I have the bottle yeah. up right here on my uh, my wall. Yeah. So there was that, and then one more partial section of brown ales. Um, there's one here in <clears throat> uh, on the East Coast from D Nine Brewing Company called Brown Sugar Brown Cow. Which oh, is a good one too. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's definitely. Definitely a few choices out there. Brown sugar, brown cow is a little sweeter. Yeah, that sounds um, like it might be a little so, sweet. Um, if you guys want, next time I'm in the North Carolina area, I'll trade you some beer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, I remember what I was going to say is that it wasn't until they went to their all grain that they were able to really take control of the the brewing process and then be able to tweak it and and get you know totally science into it and and uh, and. and and enjoy it more, right? Because, and that's the same thing I feel. I, you know, my I feel like yeah, I could start off with the the malt extract, and I can brew some beers that I'll drink. But I, but for me, I may not be totally satisfied until I just dive into that harder core process, so I can have you know, so I can really kind of tweak and and you know, write all the. I'm I'm you know, I'm an engineer, so I I'm all about data. I collect a lot of data every day. I analyze it. I do a lot of stats. I'm all about data. And so I, the more data I can collect and the more I feel like I can, you know, maybe 
uh, you know, get into this brewing thing and, and be something that's kind of like what John enjoys too, you know, just getting into the stats and, and sure. brewing. So I thought that was an interesting, uh, you know, piece of, uh, of, uh, history that they, they mentioned to me too. And then one last thing is, uh, I enjoyed visiting with him so much. I want to go visit with him again. And I, I want to, if they'll give me the opportunity, I'd love to sit down and do a, you know, a, a, a couple short sessions where we just go ahead and record some topics. And some of the topics I was really interested, I want to dive further into that we didn't have time to talk about was, uh, you know, getting into the yeast, maintaining yeast. You know, mm-hmm. they mentioned that they have three yeast strains that they're keeping, and that's a lot for a brewery their size, right? To maintain three yeast cultures that they that they're using in their beers. And I I'm very curious to find out how that's done. What's this? You know, what has to be done to maintain these things and keep them healthy, and uh, and and a test that they have to do, and you know, the background. So I really would love to sit down with Haley, and have her talk about that process. I also would love to sit down. Uh, with with Haley and Davis both, and talk about the quality control aspect of it. You know that was the key takeaway from every from working at everybody's brewing that they pulled away that helped them the most was that it's all about quality and just dive more into the the different things that have to be done to maintain quality. And then I also want to dive into uh, Davis's expertise in cellaring. You know the cellaring process now, not necessarily cellaring for a long time, but just preparing the beer for getting it ready to serve right and that's all part of the cellaring process of of you know getting the you know getting the everything uh you know whether it's dry hopping or adding adjuncts into it after you know during fermentation or after fermentation and and getting it from the fermenters uh when it's ready to go to the bright tank and getting it ready to to go out to the kegs and and then of course any kind of cellaring they're going to do for whether it's uh, barrel-aged type stuff or, or wood-aged or whatever they might be doing, just finding out some of the, the stuff about that, that would be a good segment. And these would be small segments we could add at different shows throughout you know, the year. So I'm hoping they'll agree to do these with me later on. Okay, Chris, you know what? This is a long show. Now, you, know, you and I have only been recording for an hour, but we do have that hour-and-a-half segment to throw in with the interview. So... Uh, this is a lo- way longer than usual show. So let's go ahead and, and close this thing out. But before we close it out, who would you like to raise a glass to tonight? So I want to raise a glass to, first off, Will Dodsworth and his wife. You guys have a have fun at the uh, the beer festival. Thank you again for the kind words. And we both you, we hope you both had or have a wonderful time in Oregon. And then I want to raise a glass to Mr. Chad Lamasa. Chad. Happy birthday, oh, happy birthday uh, on the 21st of February, I believe that was. So cheers to you, buddy. I hope you had a great birthday with some wonderful beers. Nice. Yeah. And Denny, who would you like to raise a glass to? Well, I have to raise my glass up high. A big toast goes out to Davis and Haley Go for their hospitality and generosity every time that I visited Jim Dandy. And of course, on President's Day when I was there, they were fantastic. Really, really good people with great attitude and a love, a love for crafting good beer and serving their community. Uh, I just, I really can't say enough good about them. I really appreciate everything uh, that they've helped us with. And I look forward to seeing them grow and uh, just get better in their craft. They're, and I got to tell you, their uh, their beer prices were almost uncanny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was listening to that. I'm going, are you serious? You can get it for that, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
it's uh, it's it is really nice. I do appreciate the you know getting in there and being able to get a, you know I I went and just ordered um, you know I had four ten ounce beers that I ordered on the first uh, day I was there, and it was nice to be able to you know get these four these ten ounce pours uh, for you know a reasonable price. You know, I it's nice. I can drink a lot of different beers without you know breaking the bank. I really do appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, and also, um, being a former serviceman, I just want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. I hope those deployed can return home safely to their families very soon. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and give a a shout-out to our uh, sponsors. Okay. I want to raise a glass to B-Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups, for partnering up with us, and I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Or you can check out the other things they have going on at fermentedreality.com. And you can check out the world's first full line of style-specific plastic beer cups for people on the go. Whether hanging out at the beach, by the pool, hiking in the wilderness, or even enjoying some time on the boat, B-Cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware. You can also go visit our friends at Tavor and use the promo code TAPTHECRAFT, which is all one word, and it will give any new user a $10 credit after they spend $25. All right. You can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned in the show on the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? So you can find me on Twitter sometimes, uh, Chris underscore McKenzie 82, or on Untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. Or you can always find me on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. It's last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, and now Spotify or however you listen to your podcast. As a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Today I'm in Pocatello, Idaho, visiting Jim Dandy Brewery and Tap Room, and I'm happy for the opportunity to sit down. Okay, I'm gonna start over. <laughs> I don't usually read okay. read stuff, but uh, I want to make sure I didn't, you know, screw up. But uh, it's good to it's good to do it a couple times. I always do it. Yeah, it's oh, okay. Yeah. We always make videos, and Davis will like be like, "Okay, do that again." Wait, okay. okay, start filming me. Okay, let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, because if we just sit here and talk, I'll be fine. Yeah, this is what I have things prepared so that I make sure. Because yeah. the important totally thing is to have the introduction so you guys right. know, you know, so I can make sure everyone knows who you are and everything. Totally. But, but uh, yeah, so I'll okay. read. So this first part I'll read through and it'll be not so good, but then we'll be more casual as we yeah, talk through. Yeah, totally understand. Uh, okay. You're good. So today I'm in Pocatello, Idaho, visiting Jim Dandy Brewery and tap room, and I'm happy with the opportunity to sit down with the owners and brewers, Davis and Haley Gove, right? <laughs> and find out about their craft beer journeys and how it led to opening a brewery. And I'm also joined with my daughter Haley. She may or may not talk, but if you do hear her voice, you can... Uh, it's me. Uh, you'll know who it is. Now we'll, we'll take ale yeast and... At lager temperatures, yeah. other commons. Yeah, I've had. Yeah, I've, I've read. I've actually read that before on some of the California commons I've had lately. Yeah, yeah. And it uh, so that's it's, 
Interesting. Yeah. You use the same technique. Yeah. And I think, but we've actually I think used I like a good it. bit of California common yeast in our brewery. We just didn't make our. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we didn't make a California common with it. Yeah, <laughs> we're it's like, kind well, of hilarious, but yeah, it's all right. We had yeah, Sarah, me too. Sarah made some uh, fast soup, homemade fast soup, and as I was eating it, I was like slurping it down. I accidentally and like breathed in some of this spicy uh, <laughs> soup, and since then, now I feel like I. Like my voice vocal cords are just like fried, so Whoops. hopefully I'll talk it out. But <clears throat> that's why I sound funny today. It just happened like literally right before we recorded. I was I shouldn't be trying to drink that soup too fast, but it was really yeah. good. You'll learn. Yeah, you'll learn.